Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the sunsetting problems that Luke Smith talked about in a recent interview with Polygon. If you're listening to this on iTunes or any of the audio podcast formats, you can find SNTR Presents virtually everywhere. Uh, if you'd want to watch me live Monday through Friday, you can go to SNTRlive.com. Or if you prefer all of my content in one location, SNTRnetwork.com. Soon new features and subscription options there. Uh, in the coming year. So Luke Smith does another interview. You know, Polygon, for whatever reason, is getting these interviews with him. They did one with Joe Blackburn about Vault of Glass returning. We covered another one that Luke Smith did about, you know, changing the light-based subclasses to the system with stasis if they have a long enough time. And he ruffled a lot of feathers by basically saying they would have to get rid of some of the supers. So, you know, everybody's like, don't come for my my Well of Radiance and my Dawnblade. And so he does another interview where he's talking about some of the issues and some of the challenges with sunsetting. So, you know, he, he when they put the system into a game like Destiny, they knew there were going to be issues, challenges, player behavior changes. Uh, he compares it to buying milk, of all things, uh, and he made it clear that they would not be reverting the decision. Many in the community have criticized the way that sunsetting was implemented, myself included. I actually was pro-philosophy. Uh, I didn't take issue with the philosophy behind sunsetting, but ultimately, the execution and the implementation in Beyond Light, I took issue with. I have a video... Sunsetting went too far. It was too drastic. They didn't add enough loot. Now, they they did admit in a dev diary, Joe Blackburn comes out and is like, hey, we didn't add enough loot and beyond light. And I believe that magnified, I think, sunsetting for a lot of people. Even those of us that were like pro-sunsetting were, were, were sort of taken aback by, holy moly, uh, I can't even use you know, my Wendigo in the campaign. Like, what is going on? It seemed like a bit of an overreach. So what did Luke say? And I have a nice picture here of the break neck uh which is which is a great weapon that is uh it is sunset so luke smith made it very clear the decision to put sunsetting into destiny 2 was not something they planned to remove or go back on so you know he's doing this interview about issues and challenges with sunsetting and i know there are folks that think well if we cry and scream and rant loud enough they're gonna reverse it that's not the case this is something that's here to stay Here is the direct quote from the article. Smith made one thing very clear, which is that Bungie will not revert sunsetting anytime soon. Quote, Luke Smith. In the legendary tier, for now, we're not making things that you can keep forever, said Smith. That is ultimately a path to not having anything to pursue. So he's basically saying if you get to keep things for forever, it's a path to, like, there's nothing really for you to chase. Now, if you listen to my Q&A from yesterday, uh, where we were talking about uh, adept weapons I talked about the boringness of the weapons right now people are like well you sound burned out I'm like I'm not burned out I actually didn't play that much in Beyond Light I'm genuinely not enthused and I'm bored by the lack of innovation on the weapon system and the lack of new perks that aren't just more damage and reload perks so you know this is I think part of the problem here is that if you're gonna sunset and you're gonna claim that well if we don't sunset it's a path to not having anything to pursue okay great in this realm of sunsetting, you got to add a lot better guns, a lot more exciting and unique perks, not just more of the same. Then the, the, the quote here continues. Bungie will continue to remove weapons from viability every three months, and unless a major philosophical shift in the studio happens, that will continue. This journalist didn't write this sentence very well, so people are going to read this and maybe come to false conclusions. Not surprising in this day and age, most of these people are just bloggers. So... 
what they mean is every three months when a season comes out there will be weapons that hit their cap so when you get one year away from season of the worthy or season of arrivals you get one year away that stuff's going to hit its viability it's not like every three months everything in the game gets you know gets 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 capped also they use the term remove weapons that's not accurate that's not true so you know people need to get better about writing accurately I know it's difficult when you're farming AdSense with with, with clickbait titles but they're not removing weapons uh, from viability they're merely capping it's like well we're capping we're capping the infusion so there is no removal and it's only happening every three months in the realm of like okay every three months you're one year away from the 20 something weapons that got added last time so a lot of people are going to re- like read that and be like I don't understand they're removing our weapons every three months no they're not Now, this is me, this paragraph at the bottom here. Even though I fully supported the idea and the need for sunsetting, the way that it landed in Beyond Light was not ideal, okay? Even Joe Blackburn recently admitted that the quantity of loot added in Beyond Light was not enough, which makes the sunsetting element more of an issue for a larger portion of the community. Even people that were pro-sunsetting were like, holy smokes, this is not what we expected. It was affecting the campaign. It affected strikes until they they lowered strikes back down to 1050. Uh, affecting the public space, affecting some of the new lost sectors. Like, it's having an effect larger in scope than a lot of us originally thought, and that was magnified by the meager quantity for a $50 expansion. It's 50 when you buy it with the season. So, the real question is why? Why do this? They say they need to. They say that, you know, this is a needed thing. You're going to run out of stuff to pursue if we don't do it. So, the main question for many players is why does Bungie need to limit the viability of weapons in a game that's about chasing loot? You want me to chase loot, but then you're stamping it with an expiration date as he gave the example. It's like buying milk at the store. You're like, oh wow, this one's... And we all do it, right? Well, at least if you're paying attention. If your wife sends you to the store and you have trouble finding, like, you know, the aisle with the potato chips, then maybe you don't do this but you know you're going to grab the bread or the milk that has the the furthest out expiration date right so and this is from the article with so many good guns in the game introduced from destiny 2's launch in 2017 until sunsetting hit in early november players would habitually find something cool and then stash it so here's a quote like how many times have you in destiny went out worked really hard to get a gun got it been like cool i have it and then you stash it and never fired a shot said smith it's a relatable problem and something that those of us at polygon who play destiny have experienced and then luke smith says i want to want a better thing and here again Again, is where I'm going to say you've not gone far enough. The adept weapons and trials, not far enough. You're playing it safe. The perks on the raid weapons in the deep zone crypt, not far enough. You're playing it safe. The, the, the differences between these weapons is too marginal. The the 180 seraph weapon I can get from a world drop is in many in in my estimation, it's just as effective as the 180 from the raid and in some respects it might be more effective because it can spawn more mine cells and the raid weapon can't right so Bungie is trying to foster a continual need for you to chase a better piece of gear without creating power creep and many feel that it is a breaking the train scenario we've talked about many times they're basically saying well you can no longer use that weapon in the end game and that's essentially the only reason you're chasing new loot this is why I feel they're just playing it safe it's like well they have to chase a new hand cannon shotgun or whatever because they don't have a viable one in their inventory anymore and that to me is 
cheap and and too safe that, that that's not how you motivate people to chase loot so finally where's the rub why, why is this a problem what's actually happening what are they noticing in player behavior the main problem with sunsetting is the sense of futility or meaninglessness to chasing good or valuable weapons. Many people see that expiration date and they're like, I don't know why. What's the point? And I even talked to somebody in chat just this morning. I said, it's it's totally fine for you to feel that way, but it's actually interesting that you feel that way. If you chase a gun right now, its viability is good until the end of next year. That's a super long time. And yet still, it does something to you psychologically. Smith's spoke to the other side of infusion capping with this quote we certainly are looking at the behaviors that i think infusion caps create said smith smith has noticed a new problem creeping into the minds of players abandoning weapons months before they leave viability so this is actually even different than what i was saying folks are seeing the infusion cap lower so right now you see a gun with a 1310 and then you see guns with like a 1360 and I don't know what the highest you can go right now but you see the 1310 and then you see something that's 1360 and so you're ditching the 1310 even though the 1310 cap is totally fine right now totally usable good for all of next season you're ditching it you're ditching it early right that's what they're seeing you can go all the way up to 1410s that's what chat's telling me so the max you can see on a gun right now is 1410 so you see 14 you see a 1310 1360 and you're like "Uh uh-uh why i'm not gonna do this this thing's this thing's about to be outdated this thing's about to be you know non-usable and they're ditching them early okay so this is the end of the end of the quote here even in the face of potential problems of player responses that aren't ideal luke smith is confident in the future he says i'm confident we're going to continue to make improvements and changes said smith while he didn't offer potential fixes coming down the pipeline he's well aware of the various issues with the current system as well as the reason it still needs to exist now i will say this Every system has its pitfalls. A bloated system where everything's viable for forever, it has its own pitfalls, its own problems, its own shortcomings. This system's already emerging as having its own problems and its own own hangups and its own challenges. Number one, loot futility. Number two, feeling like what's the point in chasing it? Number three, abandoning weapons before they're even actually not usable. There's a lot of these challenges within the player psychology and the fourth and I think the biggest challenge is this puts a ton of pressure on Bungie to really really increase loot quantity if loot quantity doesn't go up season to season and expansion to expansion it's going to be even more magnified every time we have to let go aspects of our loadout and our loot pool you're going to feel it even more when you have expansions like Beyond Light. With their assurances to increase loot quantity and increasing the staff size on the reward team, I'm hopeful that if the quantity problem goes away, they can focus on the quality problem. The perks and the guns are just too safe in the upper echelons. They got to swing harder or it's going to still feel like, what was the point of sunsetting? We're not actually chasing something that is better or more exciting. I'm just replacing another hand cannon with another gun that's good, best in slot, whatever, and it's just more damage and reload perks. So, solve the quantity problem, and then solve the quality problem next. As always, we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're in the live audience and you're a paying member, you can submit questions that we will read live on the air. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always catch us live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about sunsetting problems that were outlined by Luke Smith in an interview. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, anywhere you can find SNTR Presents, you can always watch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. And if you want all my content in one location with new features coming in the new year, go to SNTRnetwork.com. Be sure to bookmark SNTR Network. we got new things coming, hopefully, in January. First question coming in from Torchwood. Do you consider sunsetting as an excuse to simply reissue weapons again in the future as a way to save on dev bandwidth? I should have been able to I shouldn't have to re-earn weapons when all they've changed is the skin and the name but is fundamentally the same as it was before. Adored is a draped beloved. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, it, it it's uh it's a it's a pursuit weapon with a specific role. So I actually don't agree with that take. But the front half of your question is a good one, uh, and I wasn't holding back in this video. I was basically saying, look, if you're going to tell me that, you know, that without sunsetting is that's ultimately a path to not having anything to pursue. Like if that's the logic that Luke Smith's employing, then the new weapons should be better. Like the raid weapons, raid perks, trials, adept weapons, they haven't gone far enough. They, there's nothing about them in my mind that's truly standout. You know, they're they're good. You know, they're best in slot. They have good perk combinations, good rolls, and new perks. But in my mind, I feel like they're 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 bunting. I feel like they're not swinging hard enough. Okay, um, and because of that, I actually am concerned that what you're saying and what others were concerned about is oh they're just gonna they're just gonna reissue weapons this is just to make things easier on them and to save on bandwidth i worry that you guys are going to end up being right and i'm going to end up being wrong because i was like well there's no way that they would do that also consider that when dmg originally talked about reissues he said they would only ever be reissued with new perks and that that would not be the focal point of a season so if you came into a season expecting to, to be a bunch of reissues, it's not supposed to work that way. It's not supposed to work that way. They're, they're, they're supposed to be a periodic thing. They're kind of doing it with the, um, they're doing it with the, um, uh, with the world pool mostly is kind of where these guns are ending up. Like, you know, Big Dino put a, a screenshot in the Discord of a sunset avalanche and a new avalanche. Now, keep in mind, avalanche came back attached to a free event that cost you no money and they added new perks to it. That I'm okay with. You know, if you're going to reissue a, a, a free holiday event weapon and when you reissue it, you add a bunch of new perks to it. I'm totally fine with that, okay? What I'm not fine with is sunsetting 75% of the weapon pool, adding a meager 30-something weapons, and none of them have anything on them that feel like this, oh man, it's so good they have sunsetting because this would clearly be a problem in the future. How would you make a gun better than this? Oh, power creep, blah, blah, blah. No, they're just best-in-slot weapons, right? People told me, they're like, Lono, there's a ceiling, there's a cap, they're not going to be able to make weapons amazing, and I was like, no, I think they can, they can make them at max efficiency, best in slot, while also making them unique, they're missing that, they're not unique, there's nothing truly special about them, they are statistically superior to other weapons of their archetype, but they're not that interesting and they're not that exciting, right? So... If, if this is if this is their argumentation then I believe that they're failing to deliver their philosophy and their argumentation 
Turtle Biscuits with new member number 13 today. Thanks for clicking the join button. Enjoy the dope badge, emotes, and uh, extra access to submitting questions like this live or more rooms in the Discord. Thanks for clicking the join button. So like, you know, I, I don't feel I don't feel like they're they're doing the uh, the, the best job of delivering the and we debated this yesterday right it's they're not delivering the flash they're not delivering the inci- excitement they're delivering stats they're delivering like you know best in class weapons with really good reload and damage perks like that's it and that to me is I just I feel like it's falling short and that doesn't mean it's wrong I'm just giving my feedback as a player I'm like that's falling short for me I'm, I'm not really chasing these weapons I don't really care um there is no oh that's the only place I can get that that's amazing effect it's oh wow that's great that it reloads the gun while it's stowed cool you know and so I think they 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 need to go uh, they need to go further personally um, they what they've done is they've essentially they've essentially established a very basic argument and the basic argument is structured in this way if we don't sunset, you're not going to be motivated to chase new loot, okay? And the line that Luke uses that is so important is, I want to want a better thing. I want to want a better thing. That, that term is really important because if you wander into the summer season and the main reason you're chasing a new shotgun or the main reason you're chasing a new hand cannon is because your old one got sunset he's not making good on the philosophical premise that it should be better or it should be cooler shinier newer something better is subjective right you can't do power creep they can't hand you a hand cannon every three months that's statistically and mathematically stronger or better than the previous but it certainly could be fresh new exciting have something on it that that you haven't seen before you know i i don't know i i think i think they can i think they can do it i i keep coming back to elemental perks i keep saying it's fine if this new hand cannon is basically equal in efficiency to my old hand cannon but if it does something new then i am excited it's cool to use it i used auto rifles all the time in d1 and when the genesis chain landed it wasn't that it wasn't anything amazing or special but it was new it did something i had never had before focus firefly on an auto rifle was exciting so that is how they make good on this promise that is how they avoid the concern that Torchwood has which is they're just going to keep reissuing weapons in the future to save on dev bandwidth and we're just going to keep getting weapons that we've chased before you know now keep in mind I would be okay with a lot of the static year one weapons coming back with random rolls as like base level world world loot you know if the scathe lock and some of these weapons start coming back in the general world loot pool i'm totally fine with that but if i go into a raid i go into trials if i go into a dungeon or these adept weapons in nightfalls man oh man you better put something spicy on there dude i don't want i'm not chasing stats man this isn't division this isn't division 
I know there's an element of min-maxing in this game, but you're not going to suddenly have this groundswell of players that are stat-counting, you know, like, stat-counting, stat-driven min-maxers. Yes, they are here, but man, there's got to be more. There's got to be more to, to why I'm chasing a weapon than, like, well, this one's slightly better. I can get three more stat points in this thing. No! It, it, listen, I said this um, yesterday. When you take a weapon into the crucible and you're like, yeah, 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 I finally got the one that I wanted. What are you talking about? You are talking about the perks. I got a slide shot, quick draw, accurized rounds, shotgun. I got a accurized rounds, opening shot, you know, you know, timed payload or whatever to frick. You're talking about the perks. In the history of this game, nobody chased like, oh, it's, yeah, it's a stat bar's a little bit more fuller. That's just not how we're... I, I know I'm talking about myself here, so I don't want to argue for the entire community, but I feel like I'm in good company here. Like, over the course of the five and six years that many of us have played this game, you never really thought about oh yeah, this gun's amazing. It has an extra four points in such and such stat bar. You're like, no, it has rifled barrels so I can map you from across a dadgum room. Or, oh, this one's got Firefly. Or, oh, this one's got Feeding Frenzy. This one's got Crowd Control. This one's got... you. It was always about the perks. Okay? So, suddenly making stats the focal point of why I care about a weapon being better or whatever, it's, it's difficult for that to suddenly matter to me. Now, where traditionally have we paid attention to stats? Traditionally, stats have mattered, I think, at least in our minds, at least in my mind, more on armor. I'm going to get higher stats. That's going to make this thing come back quicker. I'm going to be able to get my grenade, my ability, my super back faster, you know? And when you chase a god roll weapon, you're chasing a little bit of the stat bar on range. Yes and no, though, Blader. Yes and no. Think about it this way. The game's UI doesn't even tell you the stat number. It doesn't. You just know that the bar moves farther when I have accurized rounds on. Like, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a stat-chasing game on weapons. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, oh, I get an extra three points on range now. Number one, that's probably not even enough to be efficacious. It's not actually going to change anything. You use a gun with plus three and a gun without the plus three. Are you going to notice a difference? Probably not. Is it going to change damage drop-off, range efficiency, aim assist, uh, target acquisition, handling speed, reload speed? No. No. It's 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 plus three. It's probably not even efficacious. It's probably literally a joke. It, it just it just makes the stat bars look prettier because they got like the little the little color on them or whatever. So. And and again, I don't want to speak for the entire community. I know there are people that want to break down the stats and the numbers and the meters of range and drop off and blah, blah, blah. Good for you. That's awesome. Dope. Sweet. You probably think a lot of these new things are nice or worth your time or worth chasing. But traditionally, especially in PvE, like... And, and everything I was just saying is primarily the PvP audience, which is the smaller portion of the community and the smaller portion of the content offering. Who in the heck, over the years, was going into a raid and being like, oh yeah, dude, yeah, this thing's got four more, four more in range than this other one. What? No, no. It was. It's got explosive rounds, and uh, yeah, it's it's got this awesome reload perk or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Like, it was the perks. 
it was it was it was focus firefly it was it was uh you know the fate bringer being the only one that had the arc burn and then it had the firefly and then it had the outlaw like i don't know before dim was even a thing you didn't even know what the stat number was you had to pull up probably i think i don't even know if there was a way to look at stat numbers for that first year in d1 you know what i'm saying so you were usually chasing a perk that did something or made the gun feel faster the most popular perks for me at least and for many people i think in d1 were perks that you could visually see firefly and outlaw or explosive rounds you could visually see it taking place that's player feedback passive perks generally a lot of folks just don't really pay any attention to it maybe they ignore it maybe they don't really see it or whatever so i don't know if a weapon has dope stats and crap perks i'm not keeping it if the dope perks and crap stats i'll hold on to it yeah in pve in pve no one was chasing stat numbers almost ever right if you're chasing stat numbers on weapons in destiny you've got to be in the minority here I cannot imagine the majority of this player base going to off third-party websites and crunching stat numbers on a gun. They're like, no, it has time payload. That's cool. No, it has outlaw or feeding frenzy or it has this thing. That's cool. But that influences the stats, Lono. That's not the way that, that, that that's not what their mind is tethered to. Their mind is tethered to the perks. That's why the term God roll even exists. God roll is referring to the perks, not the stats. So, I think Bungie could get away with never really raising the ceiling on the efficiency of weapons. Just give us perks that are cool. That's it. I want to feel cool, right? This was the conversation we had with Sunsetting Supers. There's a lot of people in the community that are like, don't get rid of that super. That super is cool. I don't run raids or play trials. I like using that super because it's cool. There needs to be that factor. Like, and and here's the other question. Unless you're running a Grandmaster Nightfall, are you really going into the raid and being like, yes, but you see, Lono, when you crunch these numbers and you look at these stats, this hand cannon is best in class for these various reasons. I don't give a frick about that. My Seraph weapon feels dope. Get out of my face. I can go play 90% of the PvE content and my Seraph weapon does just fine. It's literally a world drop. You're really going to try and argue that my Seraph hand cannon can't hold its own against the raid hand cannon? Because it can. You can even take my Warmind cells away. I don't give a crap. My gun's just as good as yours and yours is a raid weapon. We haven't actually progressed beyond the same problems we've had since Vanilla D2. The raid weapons are easily replaced easily there's almost nothing in the game that presses on you hard enough to be like oh man but this is best in slot lono it's slightly better than all these other guns in its archetypal field or oh it's the only one of its kind because they sunset 75 percent of the weapons that's not why i want to chase a gun oh man lono you gotta chase this gun why well they sunset 75 percent of the legendary loot pool so this is the only one you can use right now oh beat still my beating heart that makes it so appealing no you you, for for months i always said it's not just about making a weapon good it's about making it unique and memorable it's it's an extension of you in the combat um i don't know 
it's to me like i said i think they can get away with never really truly raising the ceiling of efficiency on a primary weapon primary weapons are only going to do something right they're going to kill trash ads really really quickly add perks that are neat chain lightning explosion blinding effects suppression effects even a damage over time effect would be more exciting than rampage I know it's a damage perk, but you would visually see it. Oh, they're on fire. Cool. Oh, they're suppressed. Oh, they can't move. Oh, it caused it. A, it caused a singularity and it pulled everybody in. Like there's all kinds of things they could do that wouldn't suddenly make the gun a thousand times better than other primaries, but it would be fresh, new and exciting to use. The raid feel, loot feels so much better than all the other raid loot in D2, to be fair. Well, right. I mean, I can give you subpar food for an entire year and then, like, give you a decent home-cooked meal and you're going to think I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an amazing chef. The raid loot up to now was yawn-worthy. So, yes, they finally gave best-in-slot raid gear. So, yes, it feels really, really good. I, I don't know. And you gotta remember, you gotta remember, when I run a raid, I don't only run raids after that. I also go and do other things. I would take my Genesis chain and I would run public events, bounties, strikes, and I would use it. Why? It was cool. It was fun. Do you know what I used when I ran the raid or a nightfall? I didn't use my Genesis chain. I would put it away. I'm like, eh, it's all right. But really what I want in here is something with explosive rounds. I really want a hand cannon. It, I think, like I said, that's that to me is the breakdown. There's the, there's the lower tier content where I just want something fun, fresh, and new and exciting. And then there's the upper echelon content. The upper echelon content is not creating an impetus for me to max out my power. There is no hard mode raid and grandmasters are lame. That's it. That's the only content where you got to care about your stats is, is grandmasters. That's it. I, I, we beat, we beat this raid with random loadouts the other night. Like I was using a rocket launcher and two shotguns, like, and, and no, no, two primaries. I was running double primary and using terrible heavy weapons. Like you have to create a power and an impetus within the actual upper echelon raid delivery system, make the loot stand out, and add stuff that's fun, fresh, and new. Stop adding damage and reload perks. They're freaking boring. They're boring. We've been saying this for years. And that's the concern. I think Torchwood is right to think, are they just going to keep reissuing weapons and not really ever innovating? It makes me concerned. You know? I defended the system. I thought they'll never do that. They promised us that wouldn't be the focal point of new content, and it very well could be. I don't know. They've not fully landed the plane yet. Hitman. It simply makes me wonder the thought process. Do they think that we're not smart enough to realize it's reissued weapons, or do they feel that we're so addicted they can feed us anything and we still play? How could they be so far from the mark with sunsetting? Well, reissues aren't even really the problem right now. That really isn't. If you ask me what the primary problem with sunsetting is right now in Destiny with Beyond Light, I would never mention reissues. They didn't do any reissue faux pas this time around, like they did with the gnawing hunger. It didn't happen. It, it's it's not an issue. The the Europa weapons, the Wrathborn weapons, the raid weapons, they're all they're all good in their own right. They're all worthy of pursuit on on for varying degrees right it's 
you know what I'm saying? So it's like there's reissues really isn't the misstep this time around. It's not. The misstep was twofold. Number one, they sunset way more than they added, so it magnified sunsetting in a, in a in a, an exaggerated way. And the second thing that they did is they made too much of the new game and the new content basically higher than 1050. So they raised the floor of to 1050, but then they made a bunch of the content, the public space, the lost sectors, even strikes for a while were higher than 1050. So they made two mistakes. They made two mistakes. They sunset a bunch at one time while adding a meager amount of weapons. And number two, they raise the floor, but the floor is all over the place. So reissues aren't really the issue. There are reissued weapons this season, aren't there? Like the Long Shadow? I don't even know what the Long Shadow is. Um, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I don't care if they reissue weapons in the world loot pool. I don't care. Those are just random stupid drops that come from nothing. Like, that doesn't matter to me. It, 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 that's not... No, that's not an issue at all. If one or two weapons get reissued into the world loot pool, that, that I don't give a rip about that. I don't care. It, that, that's not an issue at all. If they start reissuing tons of weapons and not changing the perks, then let's have a conversation. But like... If they issue reissue like one or two weapons in a season, throw them in the world loot pool, I don't give a rip about that. Like that's not that's nothing to get upset about. That's that's not the bulk. Again, that's not the core issue and the core problem. Core issue and the core problem is that if you are going, if you are going to reissue weapons, they need to have new perks and they they need to they need to be pursuable. If you're not going to do that, then I just don't care. If it's just going to be some random world thing, one or two weapons a season, that's nothing to get upset about. You start putting guns like they did in the prophecy dungeon, and there's nothing new on them. Well, now we're going to have to have a conversation. That's that's not what we're asking for. That's that to me is not what was promised. So, as long as they have some new perks. And there's just a couple of them a season, just doesn't matter to me. You know? If it becomes the bulk of the offering, then you know, then we're gonna have we're gonna have an upset player base more than likely. I mean that that's that I think is fair because that's the expectation they outlined anyway, was that it wouldn't be the bulk, it would not be the bulk of what they're uh, what they're offering. Horn Joe says, wouldn't the pain of sunsetting be less if most normal content, not trials, raids, nightfalls, uh, had to use the sunset guns, the strike playlist, for example, um, had the use of sunsetted guns. Well, they lowered that. They did. They actually fixed this, Joe. You just didn't realize it. They lowered the power level of strikes down to 1050, so you can take any weapon in there. You can pull it. You can pull a year one static roll weapon out of your collections and take it into the strike playlist, right? But this touches on something that I've talked about. Too much of the game isn't 1050. It if you raise the floor, you have to have. There has to be like a consistency here. What's the floor? If you're gonna raise the floor, then what's the floor? You raise the floor to 1050, but then what's the floor? Just the strikes and the old planets? What I don't understand. Why? Like why wouldn't everything at the entrance level be 1050? You have difficulty spectrum in in the game. Use it. 
You know, it, I, use it. 1050 is your entrance. Empire hunts can go up from 1050. Should have done the same thing with Wrathborn hunts. For goodness sakes, the lost sectors don't need to be higher than 1050 on Europa because you added legendary lost sectors as an optional raised level pursuit. Like, who was in charge of this? Whoever the project lead was on the the floor of the power level, on the content, the, the, the planet and the lost sectors, this is a fumbled ball. Fumbled. It, it is, it is, it, it's, it is not, it is not good the way they set it up. It's all over the dadgum place. It's why when people play Shadowkeep and Forsaken, it's going to be confusing if they get anything from those destinations that can't go past 1050 and then they go over to Europa or they go to play the Beyond Light campaign and they're like, what? My weapons are too weak. Joe with another question. Didn't we have a kind of sunset happen at the end of year one in D2? Guns got an extra perk in year two, making year ones weaker than the new ones. Well, I mean, it, 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 well, that wasn't sunsetting. That was like armor 2.0. You didn't have to get rid of your armor, but if you wanted the new digs, you were just going to automatically self-prune. So when we went from static rolls to random rolls, a lot of people self-pruned. A lot of people didn't. There were people that just continued to run Midnight Coup and the Ikalos shotgun. Why? They were stellar weapons that you could take virtually everywhere. They were excellent. They got the job done. So, that wasn't even like a soft sun setting. That was like an evolution that, that, you know, that evolution caused a lot of people to... Uh, to shift. A lot of people shifted away from their old stuff. They were like, yeah, you know, I, I want to go to armor 2.0 or, you know, oh, I like these guns better uh, than these, than these static rolls. I, you know, I like, I like these, I like these ones better. Um, so, you know, that to me, I think is, is fine. Um, I think it's, I think it's totally fine. <clears throat> Dark Seraphim. Do you think Bungie dropped the ball on grindable weapons on planets? Should the cap have been pushed back, similar to the raid drops for Garden and Last Wish? It feels weird to have the Lectern and Sorrow still available, but the weapons are sunset. Um, you gotta be real careful with this, right? You gotta be really, really careful with this. So... If, if they were to do this, you would have needed to re-raise the power level of anything I have in my inventory, which I would have loved, by the way. I would have loved to have been able to use my Loud Lullaby uh, this season, because 120s, I think, feel pretty good. I had a couple good versions of the Loud Lullaby uh, that I like to use, right? Um, if, uh, if I just go and check here... I have, oh, my loud lullaby, I have one that I like to use, was Drop Mag Outlaw Demolitionist. Oh, it just felt good. And as a 120, it, that, that thing probably feels pretty nice, you know? And so, if you were to do this, then you would have had to have automatically raised my loud lullaby's infusion level. And I'm actually okay with this. In general, what Bungie should do is... If an activity is still around, like the Lectern or Altar of Sorrows or the Dungeons, right? Their loot pools should be current for that season. It should be. 
it, it, if, if, if you go and run it, it's loot pools current for that season. If you have loot from there, it's, it's, it's good for that season. It's fine. It's fine. So, and if you're not going to do that, then change the pools. Update the loot that drops in the dungeon. Update the loot that you can get from the lectern. Why? Well, what are you doing? Like, what? just think about it. Think about the problem that we have right now with the world loot pool. You can't go and grind for any of the things that you want. Like, there's seraph weapons, there's umbral weapons, right? So, why not make those, like, why not, why not update those and put those in those areas? If the weapons are sunset, then, like, why are you letting people go chase a, a, a love and death grenade launcher? What's the dadgum point? Put something else in there. Put that, you know, that gambit weapon, that gambit grenade launcher? You put it over there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you want, they could still be there. Like, if you're a collector and you're going for a title or something, the lectern weapons could still be there, but you could also say, hey, here are, here are newer weapons that you can use this, this content loop for. I don't know. In general, they're all very unmemorable, and they didn't hold true to their end of the bargain by not adding big-time uh, exciting guns. What what to you is unmemorable? What are you talking about? I actually thought the lectern guns were awesome. Um, y- you you're gonna I don't know. To me, it's like you're gonna really start to hurt and negate sunsetting as a principle. You're gonna negate it if if you start to let things just continue to get a stay of execution so as long as the content's still in the game the loot's not getting sunset that kind of defeats the entire purpose of sunsetting right you're not actually pruning the loot pool I feel like a fair compromise is if the content is still in the game it shouldn't be sunset like the old raid stuff sunsets right before witch queen assuming the raids and locations are still in the game during witch queen what's the point yeah, but then that becomes a problem, Wheezy. Now you're not just sunsetting weapons. You're being like, well, we can't sunset weapons until we sunset the activities. So you just start, what, executing activities? I would rather them have revitalized those activities. Let me let me pursue the world loot pool in the blind well, the lectern, the dungeons. I, you know what I'm saying? If the content's sticking around, put new loot in there. And if somebody is like, no, I want to get a loud lullaby or, oh, I want to get a love and death because I'm trying to either I'm a collectionist or I'm trying to get all the weapons for a title or something. They have the option to do that. But right now I should have the option to go to the lectern and, and, and select the Seraph hand cannon and just grind and just try and grind for it. Give me that intentionality. If the, if the, if the activity is going to stick around, freaking do something with it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. If Last Wish and Garden are sticking around, keeping the loot sunset free, in my opinion, you either keep it sunset free or you do something, you, you add new loot, Wheezy. I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. If you add, I don't know, one gun to every activity, one gun to every in, uh, um, encounter. The old stuff can continue to drop, fine, but a new a new gun for every encounter. You know, three or four new guns to Garden and Last Wish. You know, I don't know, something. (laughs) Update the loot pools, add new loot. That loot's awesome, right? I tell you what, why don't you go back and redeem those loot pools? Because there's nothing that stand out or special in any of those in any of those loot pools. So go back and redeem those loot pools, make them better. 
add cooler perks and then suddenly raiders are like oh my gosh there's raid there's multiple raids worth worth running so I would be more in favor of updating the, the the loot pools of old activities rather than just being like, no, raise the sunset cap. So like Last Wish and Garden and Lectern and Altar of Sorrows and, and the dungeons get like this stay of execution for and this unknown amount of time. That's confusing. Have it have it be a clear ending point on infusion cap, but if, if, if an activity is staying in the game, update the pool. I'm fine with updating the old raids. Yeah. Who would be against that, right, Wheezy? That almost goes without saying. There's not anybody that would be against that. How dare you put more loot in the raids? Like, you know what I'm saying? Even if they just reissued all the weapons, can you imagine chasing a chattering bone with something new? Like a new, a new, a new, you know, something new on it? Something, some new perk? You know? Chasing a nation of beasts with better versions of, like, arc elemental, you know, perks that you can't get anywhere else. You can only get it in Last Wish. Exactly what they did. They bumped the sunset cap, cap, a cap on Last Wish Garden with Beyond Light. Yeah, and that just is a punt. Uh, that's a punt to me. They just did that to keep the relevant, the, the viable loot pool larger and to not tick everybody off. I mean, that, that, that's that's why they did that. That's not an actual solution. That's like a painkiller. They're just, they're just they're giving you some Tylenol so your headache goes away for a little bit. I, I don't think they've fully figured out what they want to do with existing activities and existing loot pools. I, I don't think they have. Eknor. Bungie said that they want to make more uh, recluses, but the loot is underwhelming. Each season they are changing how we obtain loot, but loot itself hasn't evolved since D1. Do you see it as a problem? Every time this quote gets brought up, people are like, but they can't make more recluses. Yes, they can. They don't have to make another recluse, but they can make a weapon that everybody wants. They can. Stop acting like they can't, because they can. You're right. They can't make another recluse because of how it was designed. It was problematic. Agreed. But you can make a weapon that everybody wants. You can you can do it. Trust me on this. You can. It, it, it's possible, all right? <laughs> it doesn't need to be a broken, a broken damage threshold time to kill weapon for everybody to want it. It, it, it is possible. For them to make weapons that everybody wants. They've done it. Why? So everyone can complain about it? You're thinking in the realm of PvP, my friend. Elemental perks. Elemental perks! Like, they, you can make awesome PvE-oriented perks that everybody would want that won't break the crucible stop letting them get away with this lie that like nah i can't do it it's gonna break the crucible no you're letting them get away with an illusion it's it's just an illusion they can make really really good weapons they can that everybody would want to chase and then a year later Hey, it's been a year since we really spiced up the perk pool on uh, on hand cannons, auto rifles, pulse rifles, blah, blah, blah. It's been about a year. Let's do some more. All these weapons are about to get sunset. Come on, man. Like, they're, that's why I said yesterday they're bunting. They're just getting a player on base. They're not swinging for the fences. They're not. They're doing an infield fly, sacrifice bunt. That's all they're doing. It's, it's, no they they can go thanks mama they can go significantly farther than they're going 
if they would stop focusing on I'm telling you, Beyond Hope nailed it. Kinetic weapons are the problem. Because the only way you make kinetic weapons better is with damage and reload. That's it. So all they're doing... Look at the 180 hand cannon you can get in the raid. Look at it. Look at its perk pool. Do you want to know what its identity is? It's a kinetic weapon. (laughs) It's a kinetic weapon. There's nothing about that gun... That is that's that's elementally driven. It's a freaking kinetic weapon in disguise. Why? Because the god rolls are all based on damage and reload. It's a kinetic weapon in disguise that does less damage because it's energy. Because it has an element and it can help pop shields. It's 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 lower on damage threshold output. Like what? What is this? It, I'm telling you, you get rid of the kinetic weapon, energy weapon disparity. All all primary weapons have elements on them, and start investing in elemental perks. I, like, okay, I'll give you an example. The one where you kill rank and files, and you get increased damage against majors. Right? That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty cool. If that was an elemental perk, it'd be way cooler. Killing rank and files stacks up um, electricity rounds. And so the next major you shoot gets stunned and it does like some electricity damage over time. Is that going to break the game? No. Is it basically a damage perk? Well, sure, but it's elementally based and it would look really freaking cool. And you would want that weapon. You'd want that weapon. Sounds exotic? No. No. That's that's not exotic. Getting some electric damage on a major? Come on. What's that? That's not gonna do anything. It's that's not. Oh man, the horror. They killed a major a little bit faster. I don't want convoluted perks like that. That's just an idea off the top of my head. What I'm saying is, is that when all it does is help your mag reload or damage output that's boring it's literally the stepchild or the close relative to rampage and outlaw the perks we've been chasing since the beginning of time itself give me something else what does the weapon do i want to see it do something awesome i'm playing a space magic game and i'm chasing primary weapons that shoot and reload and they do it a little bit better than something else like I don't know how else to paint this picture man I feel like Bob Ross when he's first starting the picture and everybody's like what is he doing it's like I can't make the picture clear enough as hard as I try in this discussion it's like I don't know it's like it's like people don't see it the way that I see it and so I'm willing to admit my opinion on the matter might not be shared by lots of people but we're, we're, we're not we're, we're just we're not chasing we are not chasing anything that that feels like I don't know the weapon system is still being held back by the shadow of double primary we haven't gotten out from underneath that shadow yet we're still living in my opinion we are still living uh, we're the, the weapon system is limping they're limping it's it, it, it hasn't gotten up and hit its full stride yet I still I fully believe that it is a it is a hobbled horse and it can't run full speed. So don't toss Bob Ross into this. Torch. 
Uh, the infusion cap issue. Even if I get a great roll on Breachlight or Martyrs, I'm not going to waste mats or get attached because I know sunsetting is coming. Not sure there's a remedy. I don't know what what this is. Well, first of all, you can't go for those guns right now. Um, and uh, and so secondly, every, anybody, and I had this conversation with somebody this morning, and I was actually trying to understand their position. So I'm bored for different reasons than you. So there was a guy in here this morning and he was like, I don't even bother chasing weapons because I know it's just going to get infused. Uh, it's going to get uh, sunset later. And I was like, so right now you could chase weapons in trials. Well, not trials. Sorry. You could chase weapons in uh, Iron Banner. You could chase weapons in the new raid or the, the weapons on Europa or the Wrathborn weapons. But because you know th- at the end of next year, they're going to get sunset. You don't want to chase them. How long do you use a weapon, right? So you're going to get these weapons and use them for the next 10 to 11 months and never use anything else. And when it gets sunset, you're like, yep, that was a waste of time, right? Now, I wasn't telling this person how to feel about the game. I was trying to understand it. And he, and, and he was even like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I mean, that is a really long time to use a weapon. But there's something in your mind that it's been sullied. It's ruined. It's ruined. The feast is ruined. It's like, to you, it's it's not... It's got that expiration date on it. You're like, oh. It's like when you go to the store and you see the bread and there's bread that's going to expire on, you know, January the 9th and bread that's going to expire on January the 6th. It's three days. Doesn't matter. You're going to pick the one that takes longer to expire. Right now you're looking at guns and you're just like, there's a looming expiration date. I don't, why, why would I chase that? Right? even though there's an irrational and illogical nature to that thought like you really care that in 11 months you can't infuse it why are you thinking that far down the road they're not thinking that far down the road they just feel like the weapon has a blemish on it I feel like if they haven't fixed the weapon system by now they probably won't happen it might not be one of the priorities I think you're right Stephanie I think they're just going to push quantity they're just going to push quantity in the coming uh, expansion, Witch Queen, and they're not going to revamp the system. It's just going to be a continued muddled mess. I just, I don't know. I, I think they're too, they're they're so committed, and I think it's a, I think it's a shortcoming of the game. I think it's a shortcoming of the loot system. If I could grind for three versions of my favorite weapon, so I have one of every element because it's too expensive to change the elements. Um, I, I, they would get a lot more capital out of a, you know, the let's say they add 60 weapons in, a, in an expansion. You're going to get a lot more capital out of those weapons. All the primaries, I'm going to grind for multiple versions. You know, maybe even the secondaries. Get a lot more capital if I want to have two or three versions of a weapon. Oh, my vault. Oh, no. Oh, shut up. You, you know, who cares about your stupid vault? Delete all the old stuff. You're, you'll be all right. I don't care about your vault. Give me more weapon capital. Give me more to pr- give me more to chase. Stop asking for more loot and then complaining that your vault's going to get too full. Like, what, you sound like somebody's like, "Oh, there's too much food on my plate." Shut up! Like, come on, <laughs> that's not a valid complaint. You know, for me, 
uh, if I get at the end of a season, I know, and I have nine months to use it. It's silly, I know, but if I don't get it early enough, I don't want it. Weird, but I saw Luke Smith talk about that in the Polygon article about how people are dropping guns three months earlier than their sunset date, and I totally get that. Like, I can't bring myself to use Dawn weapons because they're sunset at the end of the season. That's what I'm saying. It's so weird, Wheezy. It's almost like a psychological, illogical anomaly. It doesn't make sense. The weapon is fine. Why? What is this? You feel that it's marked. It's sullied. It's It's got a stain on it. You're like, no. It's got some mold on it. You know, it's like the, the you get your you get your loaf of bread out, and the very very back piece has some mold on it, and you're like that, and you throw the whole loaf out. You know deep down that the front eight slices are fine. You pull them out, you look at them, smell fine, taste fine, but you're like, nope, it's got mold on it. Boom, and you just throw the whole loaf out. You know, um, it's 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 weird. It's weird. It, it's like a. I don't know. There's a part of our brain it's like we didn't know it was there. There's a collector part of our brain that we didn't know that was there that's been activated and sort of uh, annoyed by sunsetting. We're like, bah. You know? For me, it feels like a waste to infuse it if it sunsets the end of the next. See, this is why. Listen up. Listen up. You guys know what I'm going to say. This is why we need slot leveling because you wouldn't say that until it was truly sunset. You'd be like, I can use it right now. It takes on the level of my slot. It's totally good to go. And then when it finally gets sunset, you're like, oh, it's pulling the slot level down. I no longer want to use it. Infusion is archaic and needs to go. Now more than ever, there's evidence even in player behavior that you need to get rid of infusion. It's stupid. It's old. It's outdated. It's unnecessary. Jettison it from the game. Slot leveling would fix this psychological aversion to not using a weapon that's about to get sunsetting. Why? Because you wouldn't even think about it. You'd be like, no, my slot's 1250. This gun is 1250. And I didn't have to spend a dime to do it. Like, infusion is whole. It's so. I can't believe it's still in the game. It's so dumb. The game literally has slot leveling baked into it. The game right now already has slot leveling. It considers your slot the highest equipable item. So if you've earned a 1250 heavy, the game views you as if your slot, your heavy slot's 1250. That's the way it should work. Hey, you got a 1250 heavy. Now, any heavy you equip is 1250 unless it's been sunset. I... Like, slot leveling fixes this exact problem that Luke Smith has put his finger on. People are are putting guns down early. They have a whole season left with it, and they're like, nah, I don't want to use it. Why? You're making them infuse it to a level that will be irrelevant in a couple of months, so they don't want to spend the currency. If slot leveling existed, they probably wouldn't do that. I've been against infusion since House of Wolves, because I felt like it was such a punt and allowed Bungie to have to get too creative uh, as I could still use Vault of Glass weapons back then. Right. Well, House of Wolves didn't have infusion, homie. It had, um, you would ascend the weapon. Infusion, infusion didn't show up until Taken King. But I get what you're saying. Um, also, infusion is kind of pricey. 
Right. If you're going to look at your loot and you're going to be like, do I infuse any of these weapons that next season will be sunset? You're not going to do it. Can you define slot leveling for the uninformed? I feel like I know what it is, but I don't. I mean, I just did. So this is the way slot leveling works. If you went and ran the raid and got a 1250 heavy, it upgrades that heavy slot to 1250. So any heavy you equip is automatically 1250. You don't have to infuse that that random grenade launcher or or that random linear fusion up to 1250. It's you know, you got you got all these random heavies at 1237 and 1242 and you don't get to celebrate your actual max equipable power because the game makes you run through 18 hurdles if you want to actually infuse everything up to viable power level or 1250 or whatever, right? So, like, it if 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 it just took on the properties of the slot being twelve fifty, you'd be fine. That would invalidate sunsetting, Lono. No, it wouldn't. If you tried to equip your Wendigo, your Wendigo is capped and cannot take on the properties of the slot higher than its cap. So it would pull the slot down to ten fifty if you equipped it. Slot leveling would fix this problem. They've enumerated a problem that, to me, it makes sense. Are you going to waste resources and upgrade modules on a gun to take it up to max power when that max power, the very next season, is sunset? No, of course you're not going to do that. You feel like the weapon has already been hobbled. Already been hobbled. It's like, do I want to renew my contract with this you know, I, this guy that's got a knee injury, you know, like think fantasy football. Are you going to drop the guy who keeps getting ankle injuries? Yeah, probably. Because why? You know, you're like, hey, his, his time's up. His season's about to be on a downturn of, uh, of activation. They're going to use him less. They're going to go second string. So like you look at the weapon and you're like, am I really going to keep this weapon? Am I really going to keep using this weapon or infuse this weapon when the very next season that rolls out, it's, ca- it's capped and I can't use it anymore? If you don't remember, Etheric Light was introduced in House of Wolves and allowed you to bump your old weapons up. Yeah, it just wasn't called Infusion. It was called Ascension or Ascending. You would ascend the gun. It was the same idea, right? And then they capped everything with King's Fall, so you had to you had to get all new loot, and then during King's Fall, you could infuse, and it was like a percentage of the difference between the weapons that you got and the weapon you were infusing, and then they did one-to-one infusion in the April update, and everybody got really mad because Challenge of Elders could drop max light gear, and everybody hated that. It was easier to get to max level. You didn't have to use the King's Fall raid. So I, it's yeah. Um, currently, infusion is as much of a pain as masterworking. I'm telling you, it's the psychology behind it, right? It's the psychology behind it. You don't want to invest in it. What are you going to do with your resources? They're already pretty much irrelevant, but they're completely irrelevant by removing infusion. No, that's not true. No. You you use them uh, to masterwork stuff. Upgrade modules are still around; they're still needed for other things, you know. And and like, what does it matter? Who cares if suddenly the the, the world the world currencies or the world materials don't have a, a purpose? Like, who cares? What are you running around collecting spin metal? Like, what are we even talking about? It, it they are irrelevant. It's a tiny hamster wheel that nobody pays any attention to. You're not like, well, I need some sunset. I need some spin metal. I gotta buy some upgrade modules this week. Let me go run around the Cosmodrome. Nobody's doing that. 
Like, I don't, just get them out of here. Chaos Phoenix with a $10 tip through Super Chat. This is exactly why I'm concerned about Deep Stone Crypt. Next summer, what point will there be for anyone to go play the endgame raid when uh, everything will be gone next season? Well, with slot leveling, you know, you might consider it. Raids drop in, uh, raids drop in relevancy anyway. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, you get, you, you get to the, the summer raid before an expansion. It's okay if the raid's going down in, uh, in, in purpose and relevancy. That's okay. It's all psychological, not gonna lie. If I didn't have to infuse anymore, I'd still use old weapons. Um, just in my head, I'm not gonna waste materials on something that I can't use in Endgame next season. Yeah, yeah. Slot leveling. We need it now more than ever. We need it now more than ever. And this article, this interview with him, I think proves it. Toastiest Crayon for armor sunsetting. How do you think that Bungie should approach armor grind? Armor is being sunset with no real way to earn it other than season pass, and it's not worth masterworking. This is this is not an accurate um, uh, summary. You can chase high stat armor right now in Empire Hunts. You can intentionally rerun the raid for a currency and specifically only buy armor, hoping for better stat rolls. This is not accurate. Um, You actually have a very, very good way um, to earn armor back and specific pieces. You know, if you're like, I really need a better pair of boots. It, it, you can you can actually go for them in the raid. I don't know. I don't think they let you target uh, particular drops. Uh, particular drops in uh, in the Empire hunts, but they actually do give you routes uh, to chase these things. Um, they do. Um, so the um, the armor grind. They actually haven't said anything. Um, they you know Joe Blackburn said they're thinking about how to um they're thinking about how to what did he say give it give it game novelty uh so that you would change your gameplay so they're thinking about actually changing the value and the motivation that you would even have to chase armor outside of being like well my armor's being sunset i need to get some more high stat armor to replace my current high stat armor they're looking at armor uh, as a whole, I did an entire talk on this, Making Armor Matter. Uh, that video is at sntrvideos.com, or you can use the videos game in chat to go to that channel. That channel has all my uploads. Um, so, Making Armor Matter was also something we discussed on the previous Rageous Roundtable. Um, there's a variety of ways to approach this with, you know, set bonuses, intrinsic bonuses. Uh, we would need a loadout system. If I start changing my armor and my mods more often, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty annoying. Um, so, and, and tedious. Uh, so, you, I, I do think they need to give you a, more reasons to chase armor than just, hey, your your armor is sunsetting and you need some more high stats. It's, it, it's like, well, I, I would, I would like to be motivated a little bit more than just that. You also have to consider transmog is a part of this equation. Transmog is a part of this equation. Like, if you can just go chase armor and you can cha- just, just, oh, I don't need it. No, I got it. I'm just going to turn it into an ornament. Um, that that is another uh, that is another dilemma. Uh, that's another thing that uh, they got to consider. You know, um, there's uh, there's a lot of different ways to motivate us to chase loot. And right now, I even said this earlier about guns. Oh, Lona, but this is the only um, 
This is the only gun right now of its archetype that you can get and take to, and, and that isn't sunset. That's not a freaking reason to chase a gun, right? Lono, this is the only rapid fire pulse in the game right now uh, that you can take up, you know, past the sunset infusion cap. What? That's not why I want to chase something. That's like passive coercion. It's like I have to. I want it to be because it's cool. It needs to feel like I'm choosing it. Now, in the back of my mind, I know I'm letting go of parts of my build and parts of my loot and my loadout. I know that's happening. I'm okay with that. But that can't be the literal only reason I'm chasing armor and guns. That can't be the only reason. Why are you chasing this gun? Well, uh, it's the only one uh, right now of its archetype. What? It needs to be... Oh, man, yeah, there's a new there's a new perk on here. You know? Look, they put... They accidentally put Dragonfly on a kinetic SMG and, like, everybody was talking about it. It isn't that difficult uh, to motivate us to chase guns based off of cool perks. Unique perks. Dragonfly's not even unique! It's old! We know what it does! And yet, Dragonfly landing on a kinetic weapon is all it took for people to take notice. They have... It's like they have a power and they don't know how to use it. It's like watching somebody before they go see Professor Xavier. It's like they're they're accidentally melting candles and and ruining their, you know, their sister's science fair project and they don't know how to use their power yet. It's like you have this power. It they're called perks and you don't use them in a way to actually motivate people to chase anything. You're just like What's another version that we could do, uh, you know, with reload? I have an idea. Overload. You know, I have an idea. Reconstruction. And they're all the, they're all the dadgum same. They're just... They're, it's like we, we, we've, we've chased this before. If they would have thrown one cool, unique, kind of crazy perk on every raid weapon. Just one. You know? What is that, eight perks? Oh, the horror of having to build eight perks over an entire year's worth of time. Oh my gosh. Settle down. Don't work yourself too hard. One perk per gun. Eight. Because there's eight weapons in the raid. Two heavy, two energy, two kinetic. It would have been like the cold front. The cold front dragonfly effect. People would have been like, oh my gosh, there is a hand cannon in the raid. It's the only gun in the game that can do this cool thing. But instead, we're like, what does it do? Oh, it increases damage against majors after I kill some rank and files. Jafar, Jafar, he's our man. Like, that's how I feel. Like, let me get out a teeny tiny flag and be like, oh, yay. Who's in charge of the perks? Do they talk to Destiny players? I I just don't get, I, I I do not, I do not, I do not, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, I... They've, I I think armor is a similar is in a similar camp. If the only reason I'm chasing armor is because the armor I'm wearing is getting sunset, they have failed to create true loot incentive. That's not a loot incentive. You're just freaking Robin Hood. What, what happened? I don't have any boots. Guess I better go get boots. Somebody stole them. Like that's what it feels like. It's like you're just taking, you're just robbing me. Like you're taking my loot away. This is why people were anti-sunsetting, and this is why I said, I was like, if they do this, true loot hierarchy will arrive, and you will want to chase the thing. You're going to want to get the new things. As Luke Smith says, I want to want a better thing. It's It's got, it's got to be, like, a d- driven by, like, desire, not, well, I kind of have to. You know what I mean? 
I didn't know I got the cold front with dragonfly and subsistence. Had no idea I wasn't supposed to have dragonfly. Yeah, they're uh, yeah they're they're gonna fix that. They're gonna just go and probably just change the perk to something else. They did that on the um. Oh, they did it on the Warden's Law. They changed four times a charm and triple tap. Four times a charm became um, Zen Moment and triple tap became Feeding Frenzy, which they jacked that up because four times a charm was on the curated loadout. And so they changed the curated loadout to Zen because I know the perk that I need on a 110 hand cannon, the slowest firing primary in the game. I need Zen Moment. The frick, who did that? I'm glad I kept one with triple tap because I had a triple tap that became feeding frenzy. Feeding frenzy was far superior to Zen moment. You know, who needs Zen moment on a 110? What the heck? Again, who's in charge of the perks? Who? Who's in charge of these perks? Like the curated chattering bones was a PVP role. What? Who did that? Who decided that we needed Zen Moment on a Warden's Law? Like, who's in charge of the perks? Like, does he need his glasses prescription updated? I don't understand it. It's like, I, it just, I don't know. I continue to feel like, I continue to feel like the perks fall incredibly short. And they just, they, they, they can't, they just, they do not seem to iterate or innovate on the perks in a way that it feels like the pendulum moves at all, at all. Even even some of the newer ones like Thresh and Wellspring, while they are cool, they're only if you're going for a very particular type of build. Like you can get like Surplus and Wellspring and you pair them together. But like, to really get the value out of those, you, it's like, yeah, you're getting kills. That gives you energy. The energy makes the gun, gun handle and reload a little bit better. Again, it's oh my gun reloads a little bit better it handles a little bit better it's not doing something now utility is nice demolitionist and wellspring I think have their place on certain guns and certain builds but you know what I'm saying uh, it's utility utility I don't know chain reaction is is a nice start but that's like the only one that they added that kind of like I don't know feels cool I'm telling you they're designing those with the crucible in mind uh, lack of visual feedback on perks is also one reason that they all feel very meh uh, you can see a worn mind cell explode you can see sunshot explode etc yes yeastin i i try to make this uh point very often visual feedback is super important it's why people like reload why you your gun literally you're like boom yeah that reload was awesome you see firefly explosion you you, you see uh, you know the time payload, or like what you're saying. I, you know, I can see the war mine cell drop on the ground, and then I blow it up. I can, I, I can see the sunshot explosion. My gun is glowing. What? You know, visual feedback creates an immersion point that transmits value to the player's brain, even if the gun isn't actually stronger. It doesn't matter. Experientially, you might think that it is and that's to some degree all that really matters they aren't designing the perks with crucible in mind because most of the perks are only against enemy combatants yeah that's true i i i don't actually um yeah if you're gonna try and put meat on the bones to back your theory that they're creating guns with crucible in mind you're actually gonna have a hard time making that point a lot of these perks have nothing to do with crucible 
rank and file enemies that doesn't even apply in the crucible what the frig are you talking about you know one for all really are you think you're gonna get three people in close succession with the fusion rifle in crucible and you're gonna proc one for all no you know what I mean your gun's glowing when you have damage perks also yeah but I mean come on we that it's all it's it's just a horse of a different color Ooh, my gun's glowing. Why? I don't know. One of the 85 damage perks in the game is active. Whoopty frick. Like, cool. Now do something else. Oh, my gun has electricity on it. Why? Well, you killed enough rank and files. You've got an overcharged round that's gonna that's gonna lock into and lodge into the brain of a major and create a chain lightning field. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool my gun looks like that. Like... It's like I said, it's just a horse of a different color. It's like how many how many damage perks can you do before people realize that like they're all they're all cousins. You know, this is my brother Daryl, this is my other brother Daryl, and that's my other brother Daryl. It's like, hi, I'm a I'm a rampage. Uh this is Rampage two. We call him Swashbuckler. Uh this is Rampage three, this is Kill Clip. That's Kill Crip's little brother, uh multi kill clip. Oh yeah, and we got some new ones now. Uh, one for all, yeah, one for all is, is pretty nice. But one for all only shows up when there's more people here. Uh, it's like the, it's the, it's they're all related. They're they're all rampage. They're all Daryl. And the audience that never watched Newhart doesn't get that reference. <laughs> Robert Jones, do you think sunset weapons should still drop in the game? This is actually a really, really good question. We talked about a little bit earlier before Q&A started, and ultimately what I concluded is, no, they shouldn't. Sunset weapons should not drop in the game. doesn't make any sense. So either replenish those loot pools or get rid of them. It's, it's, that's a logical decision. That's not even me being ideological. It's logical. It, it, it's, why is this still dropping if it's sunset? So either replenish that loot pool like the lectern, update that loot pool with new stuff, or like, now again the lectern's a volitional thing it's not dropping, you're choosing to go chase a gun that's irrelevant but, I don't know I still think you replenish that activity with something, or sunset the dadgum activity so nobody wastes their time by accident right? If you're going to keep the lectern around that, you know, the blind well and altar of sorrows and dungeons, then update the loot. You don't need to extend their infusion caps. Just update the loot. And if you're not going to update the loot, then shut it down. You know, just, just, just shut it down. Wouldn't all these new imaginary perks be counterproductive to team play? We all complete bounty solo for that reason. So wouldn't these perks be too difficult to pull off? I mean... I'm giving one example. So sure, you could splice up my example and say that's going to be really difficult to pull off, but that's just one example. Like, I think there's plenty of things they could do with elemental perks that I never felt like Focus Firefly or Chain Lightning on the Zalo or uh, the explosion that you got on the loaded question. I never felt like my teammates were interfering with the gun feeling cool. I never felt that way when I used those weapons. Blinding nades from the Wendigo. Guns that do something cool that I can see. It's out in the world. I see the effect. There are plenty of options within the realm of elemental perks that you could create that wouldn't be so like what I what I gave as an example. Sure, you might be like, you know, dead gummit. But here's the thing. As long as that round is just saved and locked and loaded, then it wouldn't matter. 
you killed a bunch of rank and files and then your buddy bum rushed a major and you didn't get to shoot him no worries the next major you shoot is when it procs so eventually you would see that oh that was awesome who cares if random majors die quicker sometimes? That that's that's not you're not breaking. It's it's not like when the Wither Horde was melting bosses because its damage output was glitched. Every once in a while you kill a major slightly faster than normal. Oh no, PVE is gonna fall to pieces. Like that's that, that that's not a problem. That isn't. Elegant. If masterworking gear wasn't such a pain point, uh, being so costly, do you feel people would have more time with said gear and thus complain less about sunsetting? I don't feel like these two are related. I don't. I don't feel like they're related. Um, you know, making masterwork cheaper wouldn't suddenly make people just continue to use gear and then complain less about sunsetting. Uh, I think slot leveling would make people be would make people think differently about it, as we said a little bit ago. You know what I mean? Uh, playing devil's advocate, you're a big fan of Borderlands, and there's hundreds of guns that are exactly the same. As a fan of Borderlands, I heavily criticized the loot system in B- uh, Borderlands 2, and I didn't even finish Borderlands 3 with my wife. I, that game was a huge disappointment. So, even even my favorite of them, uh, Borderlands 2, I actually have a lot of criticisms of the loot pool, and how it all uh, got chiseled down into uh, a dupa and a grog nozzle, uh, and heavily reliant on slag. Um, the end game damage structure and loot structure is actually not very good in Borderlands 2. Um... It's it's a pile of cannon fodder with a few diamonds in the rough. Um, so they they dump quantity on your head, and there's like one or two builds worth using in the end game of Borderlands 2. You're gonna run like a sandhawk. You're gonna run like a sandhawk build with a zero. You're gonna run grog nozzle dupa build with Salvador. Um, I, you know it's there's a handful of guns at the tip of that pyramid that matter in the end game. Their endgame damage structure was so bad they completely invalidated, you know, Axton's turrets in the endgame. There had to be there was community patches that that made Axton viable in the endgame. Um, it you know, they didn't do the great they didn't do the greatest job scaling. And then Borderlands 3 came out and it it was that that endgame has been a moving target that no one no one seems to even know what they're what they're aiming for. I it's just, that game's been all over the place. You know, Division 2 struggled with the same thing. All games seem to struggle with endgame scalability of weapons, abilities, uh, and power. They all struggle because they're like, it's like that 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 Ben Solo, Kylo Ren meme where he's like, more, more. Like, it's like so many developers like, what do we do for the endgame? Uh, make everything stronger. Yeah. What do we do after that? More. What do we do after that? More, more. It's like. Do you have anything else in your bag of tricks or is everything just really strong now? Like every game struggles with that scale. That's that scalability problem. Uh, Borderlands two struggles with it. Borderlands three struggled with it. Division one and two struggle with it. Every game struggles with it. They're like, how do we make it harder? And they just raise health thresholds of enemies. They raise damage output of enemies. And then they just kind of throw you in the ring. You know what I mean? I, it, it, it's a difficult problem to solve. It really is. 
Diablo seems to have gotten a pretty good wrangle on it with their seasonal format with the rifts and creating a seasonal character and you know they, they seem to have gotten a pretty good wrangle on uh, an e- expandable uh, elasticity within their loot system and their perpetual live service game uh, I think people need to continue to look to them as examples and not enough people do um, it's unfortunate Bungie's kind of doing it with seasons but they're also kind of not doing it with seasons um, so Uh, okay moped mike says this game's community is so worried about relevancy after a year when other more popular games do the same annually and it's considered normal what makes this community differ in this case it's very very simple we are attached to our loot in a very very different way uh the loot attachment in other games is not as strong because the immersion point and the connection is not as strong. So if you get a really, really good build in Division 2 or uh, Diablo 3 or World of Warcraft, your connection to that we- the, 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 the gear is not, it's not as intrinsically linked to an immersion point. Sure, you become connected. I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying it's not as connected. When you get a really great gun in Destiny, it feels awesome. It's an extension of you. You're holding the controller, the mouse, and keyboard, and you're using that weapon. It's it's an immersion point. And so when that weapon is nerfed, taken away, sunset, whatever, you feel as if something has been taken from you instead of being like, oh, well, I'll get another one, right? when you play Diablo and you're like, oh, this build is awesome and then you go into the next season you're not like, I'm really gonna miss that axe and the way it felt in my hands. Probably not. Now, you might miss it because it was awesome, it was strong, it procced this cool thing that happened from time to time, but like it's, your attachment's not the same. You literally miss certain weapons. You can... Rem- I miss Vision of Confluence. I miss my um, my Angel's Advocate Scout Rifle with max reload. And when I would stand in an aura in Kingsfall and it would reload faster than almost any other weapon in the game. I remember that. Why? There's an immersion... There, there, there's like this immersion touchstone that does something to you. And what Ochi's saying too, most games like Diablo 3 damages based on skill, not gear. So your Yang's recurve is not doing the damage it is. It's increasing the damage of your skills. That's precisely correct. So like your connection point to it is not nearly as extreme. You know exactly what it looks like to reload an ace of spades and to hear Memento Mori firing. That little extra ping, ping, ping. Like, you know exactly. I can say it and you can see it. Do you remember the, you know, weapons from, you know, other games like that? You know, probably not. You know, Diablo, Division, World of Warcraft. Like, you might remember them, but it's not the same. It's like you and the weapon, like, are connected. Like, you have, like, a thing going on. Something else is happening. I remember Occam's Razor. I remember using Occam's Razor and Wrath of the Machine and people were always like, what shotgun is that? Why? 
they they saw it in action they saw the clung 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 like and they saw how great it was against the enemies like there was there's a there's more of an intrinsic connection to between the power of a weapon the immersion of the weapon the strength of the weapon this is exactly why i continue to say elemental visual experientially based perks are way more important than all these stupid reload damage perks like I, it just you remember hung jury you remember the kakaitis you remember these weapons and you know there's a certain level of mastery we achieve with destiny weapons that isn't replaced in other games um, and that's where some of the attachment comes from I agree with that as well if you got a weapon that's doing something on crit kills and you're proccing consistent crit kills you're like this gun's great I remember using a vision of confluence on Venus and going like clack 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 and just seeing vandal heads popping off I remember that I do I can't tell you the last time when I played you know Diablo what weapons I was using and that memory in destiny that's a six year old memory that's ancient that's ancient history in the gaming world you know it's been four years of this day and I can still hear IS Luna and getting my luck in the chamber bullet to proc oh yeah Bing. <laughs> you just it's this this is why this is why two things are true. We want more loot and we don't want to let go of our loot. We exist in a loot paradox as Destiny players. We exist in this loot paradox. Give me more loot, Bungie, and it better be awesome. But don't you dare, ever, don't even look in my vault. Don't you do it. I know I've not pulled that loot out for nine months, but I swear on all that is holy, if you mess with my kindled orchid, so help me. Like, we, li- we exist in a loot paradox. We want more loot, but we don't want to let go of our current loot. I, it's, it's, it's because our attachment to our loot is honestly, I think, one of the reasons the franchise has been so long-standing and successful. It's literally, it's hooked, it's in your brain, and you can't get it out. It, there, there, there is, there is something in there, and you just, you can't get it out. Listen, you know I'm right. You've played other games. You've had that you've had that feeling of this game's really going to do it. Nope. Uh-uh. It's not. You know deep down it's not going to. Borderlands won't do it. Division won't do it. Godfall won't do it. Outriders won't do it. No game will ever do to you what this game does. It simply isn't possible. There's a secret sauce here. It's why they're never going to leave the Tiger engine. I bet you they can't replicate it. As good as the guns feel uh, in Apex and Titanfall, nope, it's not the same. It's not the same. There is something weird and psychologically sticky about the guns in this game. There is something going on. You know what I mean? You're my favorite YouTuber. I wish I could super chat, but I'm not allowed to. No worries. Listening, lurking, hitting the like button and subscribing, those are all free and that helps support me. Opium Poetry coming in with new member number 14. 14 new members a day. Enjoy the dope badge and emote your dope and deserve dope stuff. Um, by the way, guys, that is a free way to support me. Hitting subscribe is free. So is the like button. We're almost, we're almost about to roll over to 900 likes. Uh, and the sub count, we're always hoping uh, we can keep pushing that sub count up. It's actually rough bungee to deal with. Imagine making content and people not using it. It's literally happened since the beginning of Forsaken and Shadowkeep. We only use year one, year two weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's the loot paradox of Destiny. It's a loot paradox. You want more, but you don't want to put down what you have. 
I've had this debate and discussion with the Destiny community for years, and that's, I can't explain it, I can merely describe it. I cannot explain it, I can merely describe it. I will argue tooth and nail for an hour with somebody about why it's healthy for the game for them to put down their midnight coup and their Ikelos shotgun, and they just like, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I don't wanna, but you better give me more to chase and more to get. What? Why? You know what I'm saying? It's a loot paradox. (laughs) They're like, you know what I'm saying? They, They want more. They want more, but they don't want more at the same time. They want new, but they don't want to put down the old at the exact same time. It, it, it's, it's like what is that? Schrodinger's cat. It's both alive and dead at the same time. Like you know, your inventory is both new and old at the same time. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's nothing. Here's the here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. Um, uh, I was gonna do a series on this uh, a while back when I was gonna do like I like doing talks on streaming. And um, I was going to call it something like when excellence becomes your own, when your own excellence becomes your own enemy or something like that. Um, When your own excellence becomes an enemy. And essentially the tenet of the argument is this. If you strive for excellence and value in content creation, that sets an expectation in people. Consistency, schedule, always being live, always being funny, being entertaining, being engaging. That can become your enemy because it can be difficult to continue to hit that and keep doing that and and, and keep pushing the lever and keep making things better and keep evolving and keep improving, right? It can also, essentially, excellence can become your own enemy. The same rule applies in Destiny. When they make something that is really, really awesome and you want it and you chase it, do you know what they're handing you? They're handing you something that you're going to really, really struggle to let go of nine or ten months later when they try to get you to do it again. Right? It's like with my kids at bedtime. They, every time I do something with them, it sets the expectation that every time at bedtime, I'm going to read three chapters instead of two. I'm going to snuggle with them in the bed for a few minutes and talk about their day. Like that, I, I better do that every single time, right? It's like that with this game. It's like they give you something excellent and then the expectation is, well, you, you better not take this away. You know, Papa, you better not read less stories, but also I want a special book, and also I want to snuggle, and also I want a drink, and also I want a snack. And Destiny players are like, you better not take this away from me, but also I want something new, but also I want to chase something new. I, I also want something... It's like the the excellence and the awesomeness of the gear they give you drives you to chase it, but then it also drives you to never want to let it go and have it replaced. It's a conundrum. They can't give you ho-hum loot. They can't give you marginal blob boring loot why you won't chase it so you won't chase it but if you did chase it you'd be willing to let it go it's a catch-22 the solution is to make guns good in individual activities a bunch of small sandboxes versus one big one i argued for that in the past with intrinsic perks i called it contextual power i was like if you give people contextual power then they would be willing to chase those loot pools if they wanted it wouldn't be necessary but they would be capstones for those environments they've proven time and time again they can't create that amount of loot and they can't iterate on perks that much they simply lack the bandwidth or the creative power or the motivation to do it so 
I want to play Archon's Forge again with Lono. Invite, please. Now that's a throwback. That's a throwback right there. So, you know, it's uh, it's the loot paradox. And uh, I think we'll always have this challenge. It'll always kind of be here. We'll always have to kind of deal with it. And uh, that's why I think if Bungie could give themselves more flexibility and more lateral, uh, if they would have more lateral movement, they can do that with elements. You have more lateral movement and lateral agility with elemental perks. You don't have a whole lot of lateral movement on reload and damage perks. What really are you going to do to guns in the future that's far different than what you're doing now with reload and damage perks? What are you going to do? You don't have a lot of lateral elasticity. You're stuck. It's like you can only go so high before it becomes absurd. You go into the valley of the absurd where it's like guns are broken. Yeah, you never have to reload this gun. This reload perk just supercharges it. It one shuts everything. Yeah, the damage perk's insane. Like you run out of you run out of lateral movement. I think you have way more lateral movement on elemental effect based perks that do cool things you can see, but aren't like you're not in danger of running out of creativity there. You can always do something new with elements. I think you have a lot more movement. And then two years later, if a perk is similar to something from two years ago, it's less noticeable. It's like, oh, this is kinda like the perk from two years ago. You know? Maybe weapon sunset timer should be when it drops for the player. That's too hard. That's an individual database-based, you know, uh, system that would be insane to manage. Your gun drops on a Tuesday, mine drops on a Wednesday. That's a completely different data point that has to be saved somewhere for literally millions of players. You can't do that. That moving goalpost would be a database synchronization nightmare. Like you could you, you can't do that. Um so Listen, usually around this time when we end Q&A, lots of folks leave. It'd be awesome if you stuck around. Uh, We may do VIP call-ins if VIPs want to call in. We need nine more likes for 900. If you do part ways with me at this time of the day, you kind of feel like the show ends. I appreciate the support. Like and subscribe. It's a great way to support me. Doesn't cost a thing. If you feel like picking a paid membership, click join. That's a great way to support me as we're continuing to try to rebuild over here since we lost (laughs) so much this year. Um, So, but the easiest way to support, be here as often as you can. Like and subscribe. The like ratio always helps the video get recommended and the subscriber count helps out uh, with a lot of the relationships we're trying to build with certain companies. So, as always, if you're listening to this as a recording elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents, this is going to be a VIP call-in session that happened after my talk about sunsetting problems. If you're listening to this on any of the other platforms, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com or be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. That has all the content in one location with new features coming. Our first caller is Wheezy. He wants to call in about perk diversification and a split sandbox. Go ahead. All right, so there's something that's been bothering me for a while now mm-hmm. is um, people give Bungie a pass for basically not innovating because, quote unquote, and, and this is as a PvP player, oh, it might be a problem in PvP, etc., etc., etc. Yet, as has been shown over time historically by Bungie themselves, they can balance individually for PVE mm-hmm. and PVP. And especially with this season, there are perks that only work in PVE. Like Thresh, Redirection, mm-hmm. like etc. 
Those only work in PvE. So don't give Bungie a pass because, oh, we want, like, you know, some crazy elemental blow everything up perk. It might have, you know, be a problem in PvP. No, just make it only work in PvP. Or PvE, sorry. Yeah. <coughs> I, I and... always... Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I always talked about this in D1. Because in D1, there was the... Uh, there was the... Um, what was it called? It was called Against Enemies of the Darkness. There were perks yes. that said that at the end of them. And, yeah, in D2, it's, it's, a, it's like rank-and-file combatants or combatants, etc. Like... They have the verbiage, they have the way how the perks work, yet we give them a pass for not, you know, pushing the envelope. Like, I'm not saying that we need to turn Destiny into Borderlands where, you know, you got guns that shoot guns that shoot rockets or anything wild like that, but it feels like the creativity isn't there or they're playing it really safe and as a result, Everything kind of just feels samey. Like, I think this, I think this expansion, the quality is probably the best it's been in a long time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're locking in, qu in quantity, but at the same time, they just all, everything just kind of feels samey. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm going for a primary. Okay, I'm going to get Wellspring and whatever other perk and oh would you look at that the other six primaries also have wellspring and well that's the best pve perk i can get so might as well only farm for wellspring and it, it's it's kind of funny but it's like we're backing ourselves back into the rampage outlaw or kill clip outlaw conundrum except now it's just different perks instead of being oh this gun can you know create a blinding effect on a kill this gun whatever like shoots enemies into the sky and they take a bunch of fold like i yeah. don't know it just feels like we're giving them a pass and they're taking it and running with it well it, it's funny too because the cold front getting dragonfly has been more talked about and caused more of like a stir and excitement than any of the new stuff they 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 put in you know what i'm saying like it was like and dragonfly yeah. is not even a new perk <laughs> mm -hmm. um so like it's 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 almost like they don't necessarily and, and the thing is is we, we did say give us more utility perks and again we're right. getting that we're getting that literal wish granted they're like okay here you go boom here's a perk that gives you more energy more super mm -hmm. uh you know the gun itself is more stable if these things are high right you know I, but then cold front and smg in a free event gets dragonfly and everybody's talking about that and trying to get that and then obviously they're like oops that was a mistake yeah so, exactly and, and that gives so much credence to what i've been saying is that i remember focus firefly on the genesis chain not because of how amazing it was but because it was unique and i could see it and it, it made it fun and mm -hmm. i don't really care about reconstruction and redistribution and 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 all these others like i, I just don't care about them because they're sort of out of sight out of mind they're they're more perks that just kind of increase the damage and so it's it's like again it's that literal they grant a, a wish in the most literal way they're mm -hmm. like oh hey you guys wanted raid weapons to be better and that's what they are they're all statistically better but 
that's it. That like that's that's where the, that's where the train stops. Like that's it. There's there's nothing about them that is truly unique or stand out. They're simply objectively on paper statistically they are best in class, best in slot weapons. Right. And again, you and I always talked about this. You're like, I don't want every raid weapon to be best in slot. You're like, if you do that, that's that's that just creates this weird like, oh, that's where all of the, the the best weapons are, instead of it being about being unique or having intrinsic perks in the raid, like right. Oracle Disruptor, you know? Right, and that that was another thing that I was gonna touch on too is, um, I I really do like the raid perks, like I think they're you know fun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like by any means, I don't think they're bad perks. But they just feel like they lack that, like, uniqueness. Like, that's kind of just, like, redirection. Redirection, to me, just feels like one for all. Like, it just feels like the raid version of a perk that you introduce this same season. Like, I... I don't know. Like... Like, I feel like there's so many perk combinations that for some reason Bungie just doesn't want to do like I, I don't get I don't get why because like for example if you think back to Scourge of the Past Scourge was like pretty fun whatever weapons were eh like okay but then we had you know the kinetic shoddy that had trench barrel but then they also had the scout that had box breathing which yep. up till then that was a sniper only perk I feel like we've like kind of like gone away from going hey here's a perk that's been exclusively on you know this type of this archetype of weapon what if we put it on this like having that role where it's like dude oh here's you know this pulse from the raid and you're like oh cool whatever it's just another like 340 pulse oh yeah but it also rolls you know blah 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 and it's like whoa that's weird i want it I, I feel like that's what's missing a lot too. Because if you remember, the King's Fall weapons were kinda <laughs> kinda bland. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, Smite of Moraine mm-hmm. was the first pulse that had Firefly. Yep. And I chased that because I was like, dude, I want a Firefly pulse. Like I don't know if it's gonna be good, but it has something that other weapons don't. Like I could find any pulse in the game, but this pulse specifically has this perk. And it, that's the thing too is that is that Firefly wasn't even a game changer. It just looked yeah. cool, you know. It's yeah. like and like I just thought of one. Like, what if they introduce one called like Fireblade? So when you or it could be anything. It could be Arcblade. So when you shoot an enemy with a crit, it creates like this spinning arc blade. Yeah, that, that would be dope. That could potentially get two or three more crits if there's enemy enemies nearby at like the same head level. And right. again, that's not going to change anything. It would look cool. No. You might get some multis yeah. every once in a while, right? And then obviously in Crucible, you'd have to consider like the damage against Guardians would need to be, you know, you, you or can't just don't make it work in Crucible. It's yeah, only like, have it proccing on enemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the thing. Like there's there's no that's what I'm getting at. There's no excuse for Bungie to try to be imaginative when again they've shown this season because i tested thrush in pvp because i was like okay pump action's gone remote connection's gone let me see what thrush does and i did like maybe three or four games i'm like huh i feel like i'm getting my like super 
like at the same rate, like two or three, like I get, I get like maybe three supers a game or whatever. Like mm -hmm. then I test it in private matches and I'm like, hmm, it doesn't seem like it works. And I check Reddit and, you know, YouTube and eventually other people confirm that. So that's when it, like, I realized like, okay, Bungie straight up made a perk that only works in one half of the sandbox. That's cool. Right. We need more though. Yeah, I wonder if the script changes allow them to do that because now they can. I wonder if they can do that. I wonder if they can basically allocate. No, I, I feel like they've been able to do that because they remember in D one, like things like pump action, like ashes to assets, those only worked on enemies of dark or any like enemies of the traveler or whatever. Like mm -hmm. they've had that capability <laughs> since D one, but now they're like making actual weapon perks. You know that are like not just like an oh oracle disruptor like no this is like an actual perk slot it takes up a perk spot so i don't think we should give bungie a pass for giving us you know just all samey perks like cool my stability is better my handling's better that's like okay but that's not what i want i want when i play pve i want I don't know. I, I want to see stuff just boom. I want to see all sorts of weird, crazy particle effects. Like PvP, like you know me. I think, you know, PvP is PvP. I, I love PvP for what it is. But like when I play PvE, I don't feel like my guns mm -hmm. are making that big a difference. I feel like I can practically use any primary and they're all just relatively the same and i'm not saying that the weapons are weak it's just everything just feels like at this sort of neutered power level where it's they either give me a little bit more ability i do just a touch more damage or my weapon stats get boosted for a little bit well I, I think there's, and this is something that PvP players probably don't get too upset about, I think there's just an automatic ceiling on anything you make for PvP because you're you're always going to hit that ceiling and you can't go beyond it. If you go beyond right. it, you're making stuff like Luck in the Chamber and like they just yeah. don't want to do that. And so, and I think most Crucible players are okay with that. This is where I think yeah. adept weapons were always going to struggle to be, to be cool or special because that ceiling don't, don't is sitting the there that but again but again I, I i and i'm with you i think the adept weapons were a safe bunt i do not think they actually tried to do anything with them it was just pure safe it's an illusion it's like when they said they gave a damage buff to auto rifles and it was like such a low percentage point it didn't do anything they did oh, that in God, d1 point, like point zero six or whatever that's what this feels like. It's like, oh, okay, but this is smoke and mirrors. You're not doing anything to these weapons. But uh -huh. I, I remember thinking, like, what are they going to do? Because there's a ceiling looming there that, like, if you go through or above that ceiling, you are going to cause problems. And uh -huh. I don't know. I feel like PvP players are more accepting of that. It's PvE where we're all just sort of... I don't know. I, I'm not... I've not actually seen a lot of people blaming the Crucible this time around because anybody who's actually looked at oh, these perks sure and examined are. them, uh, well, at least not in here. I think I saw one person say it today, and we were, and you and I both were like, "Nah, that's not really what's holding these things back." Like, I think they're just playing it safe, um, yeah. You know, and 
I just, if, if I was them, examine our response to the cold heart with Dragonfly and ask the question, why was that more exciting than everything you cooked up? Because mm-hmm. it's an accident. But what is it? What is it about that that made that more exciting than all of the perks that you came up with this season? It's unique. That's, that's just literally it. It's unique. Like, <laughs> I, I think... And like Gilly, Gilly touched on it, like Cloud Strike. Like, I really, really like the exotics that got added in um, Beyond Light. They all feel like either powerful or contextually powerful, like Necrotic Grip, you know, Lament, Cloud Strike, Eyes, like the Throwing Knife one. I don't remember what it's called, but everything like feels as if either they do something that is just just makes me go wow or they enhance a part of my kit and i build around like said exotic and i feel almost as if bungie gave so much love to the exotics that they were almost too afraid to give like perks that push the envelope to the legendaries because I think I think ultimately they're afraid of having, you know, a season of what was it, Joker's Wild or whatever, where we had Skull of Daramkara, yeah. like Mountaintop, Recluse, it's just Phoenix Protocol. We were we were just we we're just grossly overpowered. Yeah. And I I feel like that's always a thing that like mm-hmm. looms in the back of their mind whenever they're designing perks or designing weapons, and. I don't know. I I, I I almost feel as if that just... Because they always talk back on it about how Reckoning was it, it was a failure. It it built itself around how powerful we were and broke like co- like uh, content design rules to yeah. try and limit us. And I get it. Sure. But at the same time now... You know, almost almost two years later, we in PVE at least, because I like I told you earlier, I think the PvP sandbox is probably the best it's been in a very long time. Even with stasis, stasis, the only thing that I grumble about is the hunter shatter dive glacier grenade, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. I think just the PVE sandbox just. It feels just, it feels too methodical. There's not yeah. enough spice. There's yeah. not, there's not just, hey, here, here's some crazy, like, per combination on an archetype that you don't use. Oh, let me try that now. Wow, right. this is really weird. Let me build around this. It just. <sighs> It's weird too, because like the 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 guns in Wrath of the Machine had synergistic perks. We've not actually mm-hmm. seen that in D two, with the exception of Broadsword with Desperado. Right. And so, I, I I want them to lean into that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I do think synergistic perks could be cool, like perk pairings. Um, oh yeah, I would love that. That would be that that would be I think a way for them to experiment with the depth weapons too. Like when we talked about like oh you get an extra perk, an extra inherent perk what about a perk pairing or a synergistic perk or something so like they would add 
a perk to your summoner, your adept summoner, and it would synergize with dynamic sway in some in some way, right? Mm, okay. Like, like that, that would be a capstone that would make the gun feel cooler and better, but it's not breaking crucible. And so, right. you know, that was something that Focus Firefly did. And so, and and I forget how the Chaos Dogma and the Steel Medulla worked, but they also uh, had they, synergy. They had, um, they had, uh, what was it, triple tap and triple double? Yeah, yeah, they and the, the, the two played off of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think triple mis- double ended up becoming four times the charm, too. Yeah, we're missing that, though. We don't, we like, Desperado, it's like, that to me was the beginning of a good era. Like, do more right. of that. Um, and... That, you can see that's if you went the elemental route, you could have dragonfly, and then you can have a perk that synergizes with dragonfly. So like if you get, you know, ah, like the like the scout that no one likes, oxygen. Right. Ex- ex- see exactly exactly that we we need more of that. I I think that's where the raid gear fell flat. I think that's where adept weapons are going to fall flat. Is mm-hmm. you've got weapons that we can look back and look on and be like, "Man, you guys were doing something really hot with the perks and you've kind of abandoned that." Like go back to your roots and think of ways to do that. And as you're saying, if it's only activated in PvE, it yeah, it well, doesn't really matter if I'm suddenly killing trash ads and majors a little bit faster. Yeah, it, it just doesn't it really matter. Doesn't. Yeah, because I mean like I <laughs> I, I use warmind cells and I like nuke an entire room. Like I put on right. a charge of light and I just like, you know, boost. I, I I build myself to get my grenade back and my super back and all sorts of just wild things. And it's like, I don't get it. <laughs> how can you how can you make me be powerful, but then you make my weapons like so limited? Right. If I, right. if I, if I, I, I can just, like, you know, there's Warmind Cell builds where you don't even have to shoot a gun. You just, oh, Solar Splash will generate a Warmind Cell and it, I can make it heal my teammates or make a bigger explosion or pick it up and throw, like, all this. I don't get it. Like, I, that's, I, I think that's what it is. Just it boils down to is just weapons don't even really feel as important. Instead of, instead of, Instead of me building around weapons, I feel now that I'm just instead building around mods. I feel like I should be building around weapons and use mods to accommodate my weapons. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I want SIVA weapons to create SIVA charges and stuff. Like, yeah. come on, let's, like, just go crazy. Like, get, yeah. stop bunting, start swinging for the fences. And if it's a little crazy and it's yeah, a little Yeah, if it's a little wild, bit crazy... Who cares? It's oh, sunset. Uh, yeah, just... If it's a little bit crazy, you know either and it's breaking the game right now sure tone it back if not if it's like oh whatever fine they have it for a year we'll have it for a year but it just feels too safe that's it it just the game feels too safe there's like certain like i said there's just certain things where you're like whoa i can see the potential like i shoot cloud strike and i just see like all that like lightning coming down and wiping like a whole group of enemies i'm like i can see the potential there but then that's it that's where it stops it's just it, it it just feels like the game is just all this potential but none of it's realized yeah yeah but yeah Agreed. that's that's really all i got i'm gonna go hand it over to my boy gilly all right man thanks for calling in wheezy if i don't uh yes, if i don't see you again have a good christmas uh you too you too brother all right, all right man later
Alright, Gilly's calling in says, how we interact with sunset weapons and how evolution of gameplay can lessen the strain on the rewards team. I don't know, where are you going with this, Gilly? Well, these are two separate things. Okay. But I thought of both of them, and they relate to sunsetting. Um, The first is, so yesterday I was playing with one of my friends who are somewhat new to the game, and we were running Prophecy. Um, And I was like, oh, hey, Prophecy is 1050, I can bring all my sunset weapons in. And then it was a trip back to the tower, to the vault, where all my sunset, all my good sunset weapons that I wish were not sunset sit, and I don't carry around, even though I could play in most content, because I I don't feel sunsetting should. I, I think one of the bigger issues people don't kind of uh, like obviously notice is your power level takes such a hit from wearing sunset weapons even when you're not in sunset content. It's like, I understand that we need to sunset weapons, and I, I, now that we're here, I'm a little more comfortable if we got the weapons and the quantity that would, you know, bolster justifying sunsetting, but sunset weapons I don't carry around. I don't carry them when I'm in the public space. I don't carry them when I'm doing public content. I don't carry them when I'm doing strikes. I don't carry them when I'm doing any anything. I don't carry them at all. Because they're dead weight, really. They are dead weight. They're, they're capped at 1060. I'm at 1255. I'm not going to carry those weapons and use them because I'm always at a power level that I'm not at my max. So carrying that, and I realized it's like, man, these sunset weapons are still good. I still have fun playing with them. I can still play with them, but it's almost as if I'm encouraged not to by the power level hit. And... I, th- I think Bungie needs to iterate upon this to find ways to sunset weapons that aren't tied to your power level. In endgame content, there either needs to be um, some sort of perk on the weapons that say, like, after this season, it's not effective anymore in endgame content, or there needs to be maybe a blacklist of those weapons where you can't bring those weapons in, you can't equip them. You can still have them in your inventory, they're still at power, but you can't equip them in that content because it feels now like I'm just I'm dragging a sack of dead weight that I can occasionally pull out and and remember how cool these weapons were when I'm playing stuff that kind of doesn't even matter yeah I don't know I know they have the ability to gray stuff out or black stuff out you know they do that with the, the, the layers before they left um, the prestige raid layers you know you couldn't go in unless you pick the weapons for that loadout and I think that they could do something where there's like a classification where they say this is you know master level content or I don't know anytime maybe maybe contest modifier starts to get used more like we want it to and anytime contest modifier is turned on they would basically say retired weapons cannot be equipped anytime you're going into a contest modifier environment um, and that would really limit where you can't take the weapons like the infusion cap thing like we were saying earlier one of the reasons people are, are ditching weapons early Luke Smith's observed people doing that and Wheezy was like why am I going to infuse something and use it when the very next season I can't like I'm, and we know that's not necessarily a problem like we most of us are destiny rich but still it's the psychological aversion to investing in something that has an expiration date on it and that's why I said well slot leveling would eliminate that you could just use it 
and you would literally use it up until the point it got sunset and at that moment you wouldn't want to anymore there'd be no reason to stop early because you don't have to do anything to uh to the weapon what you're coming up with it it might have been able to work but i feel like this system is so far reaching and they've invested so much into doing like an infusion cap system that it would be very confusing to players if they suddenly changed how sunsetting happened um I, but I do agree with you. You're enumerating a problem that there might be another solution to. And the problem is, I have all this loot that, like you said, I'm just dragging it around. What's the point of it? And they raised the floor to 1050, but they did it really inconsistently. So Europa itself and its campaign is is all over the place with respect to power level. So you taking anything 1050 in there is is kind of a is kind of a waste of time. Um whether it's a lost sector of the public space or even the campaign or the empire hunts uh, I don't even know what the base level empire hunt is I actually I think it's isn't it higher it's than 1100 10, yeah it's 1100 so somebody somewhere got their wires crossed like strikes were 1100 for a while too like what the frick is 1100 like why why is that even a thing like it's 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 1050 and then beyond that is when you start getting into the you know the the, the 12s 1250s 1280s like that I don't know, 1100? What? Somebody's saying 1180. Even that's a weird number. What What? What purpose does that number serve? Who? Who is regularly playing the game and is like below 1180? It's just a random number. Like it doesn't, I don't understand it. it I don't know. I feel like it was meant to be a cap. Like they don't want you to play that before you complete the campaign. Oh, uh, that's true. Okay, that makes sense. But they, they, they so poorly structure the campaign that it those kind of issues backfire on everything else. Like right. playing the campaign should be, I'm playing the campaign and that's it. Play the campaign, complete the campaign, rest the game unlocks. Because now it's like, well, you can play the first mission of the campaign. And then if you're at level, you can do everything else without playing the campaign. It's like anybody who's not new after the campaign comes out, like you, you don't play week one and you play the, the next season, you're already past the level for the campaign. So it's like, you've wasted that. You, you, I understand what you tried to do, but you you stub yourself in the back, you know, because of it. Right. The only thing I could think, the only thing I could think of now that they could possibly do is all sunset weapons have like that little marker on it where you can see that it's not sunset, where it's sunset, where it's got the logo and the little, little tab in the corner that's like mm-hmm. white. If maybe there's a way where in the system they could say, those weapons that are designated as sunset cannot be brought into certain content then you don't need to you know you don't need to cap their infusion and then you can oh carry yeah the icon just would change yeah you're like in content they could come up with some fancy name like dudes of the darkness old light weapons cannot be used use newer weapons and then that's just a modifier and then they don't even in content that doesn't need contest like regular raids and 1280s and 1250 strikes you can just be like this is the modifier on there and you can't bring these new weapons in yeah i that honestly would have been an easier solution than this weird cap limit and then it wouldn't make your weapons feel like it's got a blemish on it you would just keep using it and then you'd go into content and be like oh yeah that's right this weapon's too old to go into this raid or this dungeon or trials um Instead of instead of feeling what everybody's feeling, it's like, like I said, it's like it's like the weapon has a blemish. It's like ugh. it's like mold on one piece of bread, and you feel like I'll just throw the whole loaf out. Like it kind of feels that way. It's like 
it's spoiled and so I'm just gonna get rid of it um you know I, and 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 Mike and the Mike's probably right that's probably too much work uh to do that I mean they've they basically just did a, a mathematical thing um the fact that Luke Smith's talking about this though in an interview means they're probably open to, to changing how it works I don't think they want to get rid of the idea that loot viability has a limit but I do think they might want to change either the implementation or again I think slot leveling would be the easiest solution something that's already in the game right now just to keep people from feeling like so much of their loot isn't worth investing in equipping or using um, you know early we'll call it early abandonment early abandonment would happen probably less if they went to slot leveling um, and then I also think people would feel like their gun has more intrinsic value they're like oh this thing's good until it falls behind my slot and so you just keep playing and then all of a sudden you get to a new expansion and you're like oh man I've had this for so long I forgot it's, it's falling under my slot now I it's time to retire this uh, instead of it feeling like a clock that's ticking down um, so yeah it, I'll be interested to see in what they try to change or or iterate on or evolve because it it definitely did not go over very well and it was a perfect storm because I mean they've even admitted that they didn't give us enough loot in Beyond Light and I think that actually put way more focus on sunsetting than they probably thought there was going to be. Oh, definitely. There's there's so many weapons that you don't even think you don't have like you don't even know you don't have until you go and look like. There's no 600 arcs, auto rifles. The only one we had was Sunset. We have arc auto rifles. We have 450 with Uriels, but not a 600. We don't have any kinetics. Like you can just tick off all these lists. You're like, oh, I didn't know I didn't have that because I had something else I used. And then it's like, that's not the point here. Um, But I'll switch on to the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Because I I was doing the EXO challenge this week and I was like, this is fun content that's more fun than other kinds of content, but it suffers from a lack of loot. And then there's other content that is not really all that fun to run, but has loot. So the reason I don't run Empire Hunts is because not only is the loot not all that good, at least to me, the content itself is not all that fun. Same reason I don't run Empire Hunts too. They're, they're just... You just go there and you kill things. There's absolutely nothing special about running that content. It's a cool new place, fighting the same enemies, using whatever weapons you want, with no mechanics, no thought, nothing. So you literally grind it as fast as possible. You don't remember any of it, and you're bored the whole time you're doing it. Solely looking for that one singular piece of loot, and either as soon as you get it or you don't feel like getting it anymore, you're like, I'm done with this and I'm bored. Because, and I see this is ex- exponential. Uh, this is exponentially, extra, yeah, exponentially more weight on the rewards team than that should be. Because now, the sole driver of playing content, and I understand this is a looter shooter, but it's like this whole content of the whole point of playing content is literally only the reward. Make some of that content fun. Exo challenges are fun to run. The last one is really hard. Some of the parkour is really fun. You know, fighting, you know, having like, oh, run spot to spot and kill enemies to get the buff that protects you from freezing. I'm like, this is fun content. This is fun gameplay. That is a step above walking in a hallway and shooting whatever's in front of you and fighting the boss at the end. The, the they need old... to evolution. 
Good. I was going to say, the only challenge with what you're saying is it's subjective because there are going to be people that see this from the opposite end. They're going to say they thought that the, the challenges were lame and the empire hunts are fun. So I, I think what you're saying, though, the principle is sound. Make it make a loop with loot every time. Like, so exo challenges, there's no loot. Why not? There would still be people that would say that content's not fun, but it should always be an, a loop. You can keep running, you keep repeating it, whether it's a strike, a nightfall, a raid, this case, Empire Hunts, Wrathborn Hunts, uh, or uh, Exo Challenges. But then you have to attach loot to it. That, that That's a requirement. You not liking Empire Hunts, that's subjective. There are people that are like, oh, it's actually fun. They're like mini strikes, like it's repeatable. Like we said that the Baron Hunts should have been, you know, repeatable content. And so they made, they made Empire Hunts repeatable. So I think that's where it gets challenging is that your opinion of what fun is going to vary person to person, so you need to apply a principle. Anytime they make content that is loopable on a daily or weekly ritual spectrum, it needs to have loot attached that's not pure power power gain. Like, the power gain is just... I, I don't know. I don't even think I've done all the exo challenges. As soon as I realized there was no loot attached, I was like, I don't care. Well, there's only three, so you've done all three of them. I don't think I did. I did the one with the red stuff, and then I did the one with the, the big center. Oh, yeah, I think you... I think you took the. I think the one week you took off. I don't think you played that one. That yeah, week. I, I mean, I've I've missed one. So I mean, I'm, I, I obviously when it comes back around, I'll try and do it. But I don't know when there's no when there's no when there's no loot. I I just man, I don't know. I'm I'm driven by loot, and I just think they 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 failed to capture that part of me this time around. Yeah, and loot is one thing, but I I have always said loot eventually will run out. There's only so much loot to chase, and there's only so much the rewards team can make. So I think the people, the whatever team is making actual the content, they need to iterate upon more upon than what basically feels like strikes. Empire hunts feel like strikes. Uh, Wrathmore hunts feel like mini strikes that you just burn through. Um, and then there's strikes, and that's it. Everything feels the same. All the content feels exactly the same run down a corridor, fight some bosses along the way, and at the end, kill a bigger boss. Iterate on some of that. Give us simple and easy mechanics or add some wacky, you know, add some variety and content and some freshness and expand upon the hallway with a boss at the end. Because that's what we hated about the Infinite Forest. That's what we hated about Warmind, was that all of this stuff was just boring same content and it doesn't even have any loot. And even if you can't give us loot, Give us other things that we value. Give us materials. Give us planetary materials. Um, eventually, when Transmog comes around, that's another way you can you can feed us things we are looking to chase. Give us some material for Transmog. Give us some yeah. way for you know. Give us other things to earn uh, you know along with weapons, so that it doesn't feel like oh I didn't get the roll, I wasted my time, and this content's not even fun to play. I don't want to do this. I'm bored. I was literally going to say what Wheezy just typed. I'll put up with mundane, unimpressive content if the loot is cool. You know, Imago Loop's an example. I mean, a lot of people went for that Mindbenders grind, and holy moly, you know, it it, it was rough. And I mean, so I think actually mundane content is a little bit easier to stomach if we know there's a potential really awesome reward or loot piece at the end, so. Yeah, but I think we we can get out of it. We can get time and grind out of rewards that aren't so great if the mundaneness isn't so bad if it's literally just run boring content and do this awful 
quest line and the reward's not even that good like with um the fragments like you don't mm -hmm. do the fragments because they're not only they suck but the reward's not that good if the grind wasn't as bad would you do the would you get the fragments but to me i don't even know what's about that like everything that you loop is going to become boring and mundane strikes get that way raids get that way everything becomes rote and rehearsed so the question is it does the loop feel good am i'm running this loop does it feel good and am I getting that 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 dopamine hit at the end, the chance of something awesome? I do think the lack of things twinkling and dropping on the ground is is a part of this. There's something about playing Diablo and hearing the bing and you see the thing hit the ground and umbrals and primes and exotics drop and they looked awesome, right? But there was other than the exotics, there was no dopamine hit because you knew you were just throwing umbrals in a sack of umbrals to take back to the tower later. So I don't know if there's a a quality checklist they can go through to make sure you don't get bored or think that content's mundane or boring because generally speaking everything they've ever built hits that point for me at some point escalation protocol the black armory forges blind well archons forge strikes anything that's loopable court of oryx it always gets to a point where you're like ah oh, man i am sick of doing this what really keeps you going i think is that 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 dopamine hit and they've lost that magic we don't see stuff drop on the ground we don't see the twinkling shiny piece of candy they're 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 missing man oh man that's such a big theme with them right the perks are not visual and experientially driven the loot is not visual and experientially driven you go up to a chest you go up to a thing and they've got to bring that back because I don't know. I think that's part of it. I think if you killed the boss in an empire hunt and you saw some sparkly thing drop out and you ran over it and checked the roll and you knew there was a potentially awesome drop, it, it would, it, it's almost like they say there's something like psychological that happens to women with childbirth, right? It's terrible. It's painful. But then once they see the baby, they have almost like this, this trauma amnesia. They forget how awful it was because the baby makes it all worth it, right? Like they've actually done studies on this. So similarly when there's really awesome stuff that can drop at the end and there's an award at the end it kind of makes you forget oh this was kind of mundane and kind of boring you're like oh no look there's something that's shiny on the ground it it, it almost it almost like resets your memory <laughs> it's weird um so, and i think that's lacking i think we finish the empire hunt and then you have to truck back ride your sparrow go into a room talk to varix and get the gun and it's like that removes the sense of reward from the activity and it makes it, I think it makes it more challenging for you to enjoy it because then the boredom's more prevalent and on your mind because the reward is so distant. Uh, they, they talk about that with children, right? If you're going to do positive or negative reinforcement, you have to do it right then and there because they're, they're going to forget. If I tell my son, hey, earlier today after lunch, you hit your sister. So now at bedtime, I'm, I'm not going to read you a story. That doesn't work. He's not connecting the negative reinforcement with the bad behavior. And you're not connecting the reward with the completion of the event. They're, they're, I think they're failing uh, to, to give you the Pavlov's dog reinforcement of got it done, got the thing, got it done, got the thing. The rhythm's all wrong right now, I think. So, so many other things they could give us that don't involve the reward team. Or at least I would hope it wouldn't involve the reward team, like ornaments and ships and sparrows, which I... Was, I don't know if that's the reward team. I, I think it's very interesting that they call it reward team and not the weapons team. I think that's that's a little bit of insight on how they do things over at Bungie and in ways we wouldn't think they would do it. 
you would think, oh, they're just a, you know, they make weapons, they're the weapons team. You're like, no, they're the rewards team because they work on more than weapons. They work on all the rewards. If all of them are, if they're all struggling making loot, find other loot to give us that won't make us bored while still giving us the weapons we want. So even the content, if you can't make more content, make your content last longer. Right, and the problem with anything that's static, an ornament is one and done. You get it, you're done. Like, ornaments and things like that are static. They're, well, not static, I'm sorry, they're binary. It's either a zero or a one, so it's like zero, 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 and then finally that one bright shining one, you finally get it, right? And that's why random rolls on weapons is such a capital uh, injection. You just keep going because there's a chance you get a better one or there's a chance you know you get the role that you're looking for and that's that's how you keep things going and then what i've always said is they should take pre-existing content and content loops and throw a couple new guns in there you know one or two and then you'd go back you know you'd go back into the blind well of suddenly there was two new dreaming city weapons you could farm for um directional you know maybe they rotate each day maybe the boss changes every other day and you're going in there and you're going for this cool new dreaming city uh you know auto rifle it's not the tiger spite it would be completely different um, if a content loop is going to stay in the game, throw new stuff in there every once in a while. I, you know what I'm saying? And so maybe the reward team will help with that to keep things going, to keep things, you know, because again, after you run it two or three times, it's, 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 it's becoming a rote rehearsed thing anyway. So even if you're like, well, the blind will have already run that a ton of times. So what you're, you're going to run whatever the new loop is. Empire hunts the dawn, uh, the, the, the sundial, you're going to run it and eventually be like, yeah, this is, this is old news, but you're going to keep running it. If the rewards out there in the distance is a possible drop that you're looking for. Yeah. I just, so I see that I, they've admitted it. And, and I see that if they're struggling with weapons in particular, mm-hmm. For now, until you can get expand upon the rewards team to where that's no longer an issue, see what else you can throw in. More orna- ornaments for those weapons, exclusive shaders. Um, you know, I got a shader just the other day on, I think it's Amethyst Feel, and it looks insane on the raid weapons. Like, you know, pair things together that make chasing the weapons more fun along the way. You get a shader for the raid weapons. You get an ornament for this one. You know, you get an ornament for the machine gun on this raid, this you know this run, and maybe you get an ornament for a sword on that one that gives it a slightly different look. Or if making exclusive ornaments, you know, like exotic level ornaments is too difficult, even go along the route of like the adored ornaments, where this this static piece changes slightly from you know the raid logo to the vanguard logo. Um, I just I see that. If they're struggling with weapons and rewards, find other rewards that aren't weapons. Again, I think those are condiments on the meal. We need a bigger meal before they can start doing that. I I don't think ornaments, shaders, ship sparrows, and stuff like that. I I want those. I think those would be great seasonal rewards. Like when you max out a rank with like Zavala, Shax, or Drifter, they could have their own, you know, vanity items that you're earning, a ship sparrow and a ghost every season. But those to me are condiments on the meal. The meal's got to be a whole lot bigger. You know, if I feel like the cheeseburger and the french fries are super small, I don't care how much ketchup and mustard you put on the plate. That ain't going to make a difference. I feel like the main 
the main course is too small. Those, those to me only actually land well if they land on top of something that feels full. Like if Witch Queen lands with 60 new weapons, what you're describing, I think lands well on top of that. If they would have done a bunch of that in Beyond Light, nobody would give a crap. They'd be like, it's still only 30 weapons. Like the main course is too meager. So they've, what you're saying only works if if it's if everything else is in place. You're describing window dressing. Like you got to get the room set up. The room's got to feel full and vibrant and nice before you start talking about like, oh, we could we could maybe get some different curtains here or you know a painting for that wall over there. If the room is in a shambles and is a train wreck and a mess, it doesn't really matter uh, if you add these things. So I am always in favor of more vanity items and more so, some of like you know the the Nano Phoenix ship and Wrath. I'm always in favor of that, but that has to feel like a capstone cherry on top, you know, condiment instead of them like, oh, that's the only reason we're doing this content now. You see what I'm saying? So I, I, uh, we, we, I know you and I and Wheezy think similarly on these things. So we're, we're going to go for too long. I, I gotta, I gotta end now. So, uh, oh, and, yeah, well, I gotta end the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I gotta listen no, you're to good. you as well, so. Yeah, no, this was good. I good good call in with you and Wheezy. Just two people and we got the 46 minutes. So it was a fun segment. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Thanks. If yep. you guys, if you guys are here right now, do me a favor. Please click the like button. We're super close to rolling over to a thousand likes. We're at nine fifty, and don't go anywhere. We're about to shift gears and do something new uh, and go to like another thing. So please stick around if you're in the live audience. If you're listening to this recording, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.